across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Talk Radio. Well, will we have an audience? Surely everybody's watching um, one man and another man argue about who's not going to be the next Prime Minister. Wait, is that is that finished now? Or is there more of that rubbish? 0844 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a boss that keeps on calling me down the road. It's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I'll wanna settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. Down this road that never seems to end. When you adventure lies just around the bend. So if you wanna join me for a while, just grab your hat, come travel light that's old style. Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home. So if you wanna join me for a while, just grab your hat and come travel like that's old style. Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on. Out, that may not be the uh, theme tune version to the littlest Ho- hobo i was um i nearly said the littlest homo i'm surprised i've not said the littlest homo uh in the last six years when i've been playing that um there's a freudian slit i mean slip uh it turns out that may not be the theme tune and al um who al ripping who i think i called um a nut weasel or a, a fudge bucket or something. I called him something last week. It turns out he may, he may be correct. But just like in the episode of Happy Days when Fonzie can't say sorry, you know the one where Fonzie's supposed to be, to, he has to apologise for something. He goes, I'm, s- s- s-, he does that. Um, well, then that, I'm kind of hesitating on that. I was convinced, 
I'd ripped, I was convinced that I'd ripped that audio from the opening titles of The Littlest Hobo. And I'm convinced that that's when I was, what year was that on? 82, 83, 84, so I was 9, 10, 11. I'm convinced that that's the version that, um, I used to hear when I was growing up. And this, dear listener, proves why human beings cannot be trusted and why every celebrity that's been convicted of an historical paedophile offence should be released. Because I'm, my memory from 30 years ago is fudged. So imagine a memory from 50 years ago. Huh? How do you know that that celebrity did that? Um, so this, because I, I, I went and had a little look online. By the way, 0844-499-1000 if you want to call in. Don't if you don't. Well, I'm not bothered. Um, so I went and had a little look online the other day when I was um, feeling particularly bored. And this is your actual um, opening titles to The Littlest Hobo. This is the actual... Now that's... Um, There's a voice that's different. Keeps on calling me Down the road That's where... Let's try and... Let's... Let's... let's um, Let's have what can only be described as a mashup, um, and we're going to have them. I, I think I, I think I can make this work. If I jump you to about there, that's that's. We're going to put you on about four seconds in. That gives me time to go. Keeps on me. You see, they're 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 different songs. That worked quite well, didn't it? Yeah, that works. That works perfectly. They're different versions. So it turns out, unless, unless, what's that thing called when people, um, someone phoned in, what's it called? The Prince Effect, the Mandela Effect, where, um, different people remember different things, um, and, um, it's because we've, we've dropped through an interdimensional porch or something. I don't know what it is. Speaking of interdimensional porches, you know I bought the entire... Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. So, Al, I apologise for calling you um, the, 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 the fudge nugget. I'm careful saying that. It was fudge bucket. Uh, so, you... Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. You will remember, dear listener. I don't know. Has the thing with Corbyn and Smith, is that finished now? Is it, is it, still, is it still raging on? Is the battle of the grey still raging on or has that come to an end boy oh boy i bet sky drew the short straw for that one they were broadcasting it on um london london's biggest conversation no what's that what it stands for anyway they were broadcasting it on there imagine imagine listen i mean it was on in the background here at talk towers and we could see it it was dull. It should have been more like the Krypton Factor, and um, they should have they should have been they said right. Well, we're going to take a break from the studio proceedings earlier on in the week. Um, Jeremy and Owen went to um, uh, uh, the uh, SAS training course in um, the Brecon Beacons, and let's have a look and see what happened. And then they do that, and then they come back and do some more boring questions. 
and then they have to try and um do a, a puzzle but it's harder for them because it's back to front it looks easier to us because we're looking from the front and we can see what they're supposed to do but it's harder from them because it's back to front that's what they should have done and instead what they did they had two boring old men talking speaking of which tony Hello, Ian. Ian, what a tremendously interesting subject, selective memory. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well... I don't know, remember I, talking about that. Oh, I thought you did. You know, what you remember. Yeah. What, well, what do you... What do you... I don't trust... It, it turns out my entire memory about the littlest hobo is mm-hmm. completely, completely wrong. Completely wrong. So I don't... I now don't trust anything that I think I may have done. Oh, right. Oh, I see. Well. I've noticed an an interesting thing with you, Tony. Do you give me permission to um, mention it? Yeah, go on. You can't have a spontaneous conversation. I'll rephrase that. You struggle with a spontaneous conversation. And I've noticed this. About to continue. In a spontaneous way. Exactly. I noticed this about some of the callers. Um, uh, 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 In the... You will phone up with something you want to say, which is great, and I appreciate your calls. Of course I do. I love, I love all of mine. Prompted by what you said. Sorry? Prompted by what you well, said. Well, yeah, but then I go and say something, mm-hmm. and, and it's not just you. I, I've noticed this quite a bit on phoning radio, but you, you've just, you've, you've just reminded me, because you're on the line. Exemplified it. Yeah. And, um, I will say something that's not quite connected to what we've said, and, yeah. you, and you will laugh, and then not engage with it, and then go back to the point you were making. And I just wondered, and this isn't a criticism, it's not a criticism, it's not an attack, or anything like that. Um, and I wondered if you noticed that you did that. Yes, I did. So you're consciously aware that the, um... Point. The, no. You're consciously aware that when I kind of throw a tangential, tangential, tangenital... When I throw you, when I throw you a genital bone, <laughs> you don't, you ignore it, you watch it fly by, you don't chase after it and bring it back, you watch it fly by and then you turn around and go, yeah, that was cute. Anyway, what I want to talk about is this. Go on. No, no I was being you then. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, I want to talk about what you were talking about. You did it I just then. You, that, 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 and that was perfect. That was perfect. What a good example of exactly what you were talking about. Yes. What, what was, what was I talking about? Which is why it no. came across. No, what was, I, what, was I, what was I talking about just then? Oh, just then? Oh, well, you were talking about my inability to uh, follow a tangential point that you had made. Uh, well done. Excellent. Uh, uh, ten out of ten. Um, I'm not saying necessarily inability. I mean, maybe you are. I, and it's not you. It's, I've, I've, I've noticed this. When I used to do a show in the West Midlands, uh-huh. um, n- n- hardly any of the callers from, from Birmingham mm-hmm. could do it. Could could I would go off. I would throw them a, a genital bone. And yep. they would just, like, sit there going, huh? What? Mm? Anyway, um, I want to talk about this. Whereas the callers from uh, when I worked in Beds, Hards and Bugs... They could do it. And I wonder if it's a regional thing. Well, possibly. Alan was pretty good, as I remember. Well done. And I I felt the effort it took for you to do it then. You have earned... You have earned... A point? You have earned your point. Well, excellent. So make it. Thanks very much. Uh, Superb. Absolutely superb. Well, so um, what can I say next? Do I throw you a tangential, though? 
You no, I've said you've earned your point. Now make it. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, right. Well, my my point was about um, how selective our memory can be when there is insufficient information to start with. You know, so you you sort of uh, think that you understand something, but you don't actually because okay. it's sort of like seeing in the dark. Yes. You know, there's something there, but is there? Uh, it's a it's a shape. But is it a shape, or is it is it a human being on the floor that you can see, or isn't it? Is it just a um, a painting of a bike? You know, when you follow the, the bike uh, cycleways, there's uh, there's um, uh, paintings of, of bikes on the cycle paths. But uh, in dim light, you know, I certainly see them. Maybe it's because my eyes are sort of fading anyway. As uh, maybe a person there, and then you get a bit closer, a bit more light, and then it goes into shocking. Um, uh, reality, and it's not actually a person. It's just the picture of the bike. I have honestly d- now you've thrown me a gentle bone, and I'm sat there going, "What?" <laughs> I've got literally no idea what it is you're talking about. Well, have you ever cycled in the dark? Um, no. Well, well I mean, yes, I have. Yes, of course, it was. That was a, that was a lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've cycled in the dark. Right. Yeah. And uh, have you never come across that situation, Eddie? You know where you, you what? Where I think is it a person on the floor? Oh no, hang on, it's a drawing. Well, or something like that. You know, you 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 misunderstand what it is because you're. Oh no, I tell you, no, I tell you, you, fun, no. Actually, yes, I was driving along the road the other day, yesterday, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I saw. Um, uh, there were three people at the bus stop, and one of these people was very, very short and had a really funny-shaped head, right? Mm-hmm. And I could see it, and I could see the eyes and the face, and their head was really weird, right? And I remember thinking, and I could, uh, and in my head, I saw a short person with a funny-shaped face, right? But I remember thinking, that's an optical illusion, you're mm-hmm. not seeing what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to hold on to that image as long as I could until I got closer and closer. And it wasn't. It was a normal-sized person. Mm. I couldn't see their head. What I thought was their head was um, a bag they were holding under their arm. Uh-huh. So a part of my brain recognised that what yep. I was seeing wasn't what I thought I was seeing. Yep. But um, I, it couldn't translate it. That's wrong, that's So, wrong. That, so I've, mean. had what you've, I've had what you've had, Tony. Oh, oh, unbelievable. What, you mean we're similar, Ian? No! (laughs) What's in Chertsey? Uh, what, in in terms of what? Well, there's pubs, there's people. It's just, Chertsey's coast, the coast, right? No, 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 it's close to the Thames. Oh, Chertsey's, no, I know, Chertsey's Thorpe Park, isn't it? That's right. There we go, the the home of Thorpe Park, Britain's, um, um... Number one. Number one. Britain's number one. All right, right, nice one, Tony. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, Ian. Bye-bye. 0844 So, tonight, well, tonight, coming up later on, we have um, Larry Kane, who he, he had um, John Lennon be his weatherman once in the 70s. That's not really what he's on to talk about. He also hung out with the Beatles, and he's in this new Beatles film, um, and he's he's brilliant. Man alive. The first ten minutes, he talks to me... Then, I, then, then we, then we get into some proper, proper conversation. First ten minutes, he comes on and he does his story, and it's a great story. And I just kind of sat back and um, let him do it. But then we have a proper. And he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So he's coming on later on. But tonight, oh, it smells good. Tonight, you know, I bought yesterday for four pan fifty. I bought the entire run of the Unexplained magazine by Orbis. 
uh, the entire run in their uh, binders. Now, the problem about them being in the binders means, and this is a little bit disappointing, that to put them in the binders, you had to take the front covers off. So none of them got the front covers on. So that's disappointing. But I don't matter. That's a small thing. So two things come into play here. Firstly, I have in the boot of my car the entire run of The Unexplained. That's a lie. I have the entire run, apart from one issue, and I've, I've pulled out The Unexplained Volume 7 of 13. I should have brought 13, shouldn't I? I'm lucky for some. Um, I sh- but I-, I brought it out, and I thought later on, you can phone up, and uh, we'll pick a page at random, and we will... Um, um, I've, I'm, I'm what a surprise, it's just fallen on some drawings of some aliens. Drawings of aliens. Um, uh, and we can um, have a little look through it and see what exactly what is unexplained. Um, I had a flick through it. Bizarrely, the, 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 the binders smell of a boot polish, which is not an unpleasant smell. I had a flick through earlier on, and instead of it being called the unexplained, it should just be called the bullshiners. Because this, I, I remember it being more amazing than the stuff that's in it. But we'll have a look at that. But that also means that previously I bought five volumes of the unexplained so now i've got the first five volumes twice so what that means is i've got to get rid of the first five volumes of the unexplained and i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking we do a a top-notch super fantastic competition to give some of them away and then we give the rest away on filming this is kind of what i'm thinking this will get us we're talking last night about is anybody listening well they will be now once they know that um uh, the first five volumes of the unexplained magazine are up for grabs in a super giveaway uh competition can we get can we get a hashtag on that and instagram it because that i think is um it, it it's all it's not quite up there with um doing a submarine special like prozzy did but it's close that's what ash calls him isn't it prozzy that's what he called him i think oh it was um so they did a submarine special all right fine well we're gonna we're gonna try and get closer by giving away um the first five issues of the unexplained magazine in a in in a quiz that um, is probably going to break some form of ofcom regulation so oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand dr schmallops you'll be after this across the uk online and on dab late night ian lee on talk radio we have ways of making you talk by the way, in the news at uh, 10 o'clock, did they say it's rumoured that Lady Gaga is going to be playing at the Super Bowl? We're not America. Who gives us who gives a, a stuff about that? And also, I don't think it is, because I had a, bizarrely, I had a dream um, two nights ago. Oh, no, it was, it was last night. And I woke up, and because I, I had to wake up early. Oh, I've got so much to talk about. Let me write this down. Cat Stevens... Rip off tickets, one hundred pounds each. They were the cheap ones. We'll talk about Cat Stevens later on. Um, but so I had to. I only got like six hours sleep because I had to wake up to get some Cat Stevens tickets, right? Pre-sale. And um, uh, right at the end of the dream, it was I was dreaming 
that, um, I was watching, I was at the Super Bowl, and do you know who was performing at the Super Bowl? It wasn't Lady Gaga, it was Kate Bush. Kate Bush was performing at the Super Bowl, right? Now, I'm not a Kate Bush fan, but I was there watching Kate Bush perform at the Super Bowl, and then I started doing, in my dream, my Kate Bush impression, and it turns out my Kate Bush impression in my dream is brilliant, right? And then, and this is great, and I want to make this happen. If someone wants to put this act together and do it at the Christmas um, performance ring, man alive, you can have a, you can have an hour to do this because I would pay top dollar to see this. And then two of my friends went, and one of them was a black man, which makes it visually impressive. Two of my friends went, oh, I can do a Kate Bush as well, and we all did our Kate Bushes, and they were all brilliant, right? So we, I remember this vividly. So we started a tribute act called the Kate's Bush. And it was three of us. And everyone would come and see it thinking it was, it was a Mickey take. Um, and we had fun, you know, there was, was humour involved. But actually, the impressions of Kate Bush were so spot on, even though it was three blokes. Say what, the gentleman in the middle? No, we didn't have the black fella in the middle. We had him at the side. We didn't care. The obvious thing would be to have him in the middle. We had him at the side. It was great. Looked amazing. Um, and we were all in babushka outfits. We were all doing that, but we were singing. And this is this is this is how I knew it was a dream. We were in babushka outfits, but we were singing Wuthering Heights. That would, I mean, that is that's just an inaccuracy. And and the act was called the Kate's Bush, and um, because there were three Kates. So if anybody wants to do that and run with that, I would. I would totally, totally pay money to go and see the Kate's Bush. And I don't mean even mean that in a vulgar way. It wasn't in my dream. Um, the Kate's Bush wasn't a vulgar um, pun. Uh, it was It was just, we are three Kates. We are the Kate's Bush. Makes sense, doesn't it, Dr. Schmullops? Um, Hello? Let me put this there, you see. Yeah. What, what, what? Sorry, I was just putting away the ironing table. What? Ah, oh. What is going on? I was putting the ironing board away. Why? I just finished ironing while you were... Is... Now, the, the ironing board, right, and I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, because the ironing board hasn't really changed its design in, what, a hundred years? I mean, there are variations on it. You can get a cupboard that's a fold-down ironing board, or... But basically, it's that weird kind of shape with the, that weird handle that you've got to pull and then you've got to kind of kick it and it doesn't quite, and you've got to the grab. Now, surely, it, it, Dyson, Dyson has, has reinvented the Hoover like a million times. We get it. There's no bag, then there's a ball, and then there's... Dyson, or a, any other genius, um, Alan Sugar or someone, needs to reinvent the ironing board, don't they? Well, whereas I'm not the doctor of ironing boards... No. What I do know is, or I think I know, is the ironing board shape. You see the old sort of curved round bit where you can put your trouser in or your shirt sleeve in? Yeah. This is the kind of shape they use when they actually manufacture trousers, shirts, etc. Hang on a minute. Do you, do you thread the ironing board through your trouser leg? Uh, sometimes. Wow, that's insane. And that, but now I remember my mum used to do that. 
Yes, that's the old school way. That is the old school way. Now I just, people just, we haven't got time for that. We're the MTV generation. It's like cut, cut, cut. We just whack the trouser leg down and we iron that. But yeah, I remember my mum would, 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 would pull it up on the, the old doodah. Your mum knew how to iron. She, my mum certainly knew how to iron a crease into those jeans. <laughs> when is that going to come back? Uh, I need to bring my dad back for that. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want, and it'll happen. These things are cyclical. It will happen. We keep getting flares back. No, 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 no. We want the crease down the front of the jeans. That's what we want, guys. Let's, and you, you and I, Dr. Schmallops, we're, we're, we're still, um, hip young guys. Um, we, we can make this happen. We can bring this back into, into fashion, can't we? And my wife will beat it out of me. Wowzers. Gosh. I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> I realise I'm getting old. I had to, um, uh, fill in a form and tick a box with the, you know, you tick a box with your age. Oh, God. And on my next birthday, according to this form, I go up to the next box. 45, who moves up to 50. a box of, who moves up, up a box at 44? That's insane. 44? That's For- a bit odd. 44? Uh, no. I would imagine it'd be 45 to no, 49. No, it's, it's, it's 44 I go up. On, according to this form. Wowzers. Well, one box below you, then. Man, these, these things, um, those boxes. Why can't they have a box, um, 18 to 50? Yeah. That would be good. I'd take that. Agree. I'm I 18 concur. to 50. And then when, when you're over 50, who cares? You're I'd almost concur. dead. No, uh, do you think I sidestep your, um, curveballs? No, you em- you embraced my, um, um, genital bone. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the king of that is our friend uh, who does the music, Nigel. <laughs> Nigel doesn't he even listen it. to the show when he's on hold, let alone at any other point. <laughs> Man with his own agenda. Oh, I'm he reminded, does. I'm reminded, I'm glad you've reminded me, thank you. Um, the Lindsay Lohan, and let's just say, a lot of people have said, oh, you're brave, you know Lindsay Lohan's really litigious, and she sued Rockstar Games, because they had, um, an image of her in Grand Theft Auto, and I'm replying, so what? The song is called Lindsay Lohan, that's not even, and it's, that's got a hyphen in it, it's spelt differently, and anybody that's putting up images of Lindsay Lohan, they're the ones that are gonna get sued, not me. So, they are now available for pre-order on iTunes. This is nuts. I'm looking at it. If you go into iTunes, let me go in. So, you go into iTunes, you type in Ian Lee. Let me just do this and see what comes up. Boom. Albums, the Lindsay Lohorn sessions. You click on that, featuring Nigel from Maidstone on Lindsay Lohorn. Track two, Miley Stiley. And track three, I'm a Titty Man, featuring Barry from Watford, £1.49, pre-order. It's got, um, it's got seven five-star reviews already. Super. Let's read, let's read the five-star reviews. Oh, it won't let me read them. Okay, but it's got seven five-star reviews already. This is, this, it's, it's dropping on the 16th of September. It's going to drop on the 16th of September. So that's, um, uh, that's Friday. Friday, day no, after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, it will. The Lindsay Lohorn sessions featuring the DC DJ will drop. Your rapping was superb. Thank you, thank you. I'm I gonna. Must admit. However, Lindsay Lohorn image and Nigel can be two different planets. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm just giving. Now, here's the thing. I want it. I want to be uh, open and above board. 
I am giving myself a five-star review. Okay? Okay? And I'm, I'm admitting to that. Uh, You've hey, got to learn who, to love, love yourself. Who gave me a four-star review? How dare they? Bloody hell! Someone's given me a four-star review! Oh! Shame on them. They should Sh- hang their head in deep, Yeah, deep you try and create something, guys. Jeez. Genius. Now I know how um, uh, Paul Ross feels. <laughs> uh, mm. Now, did you mention... Um, yes. Did I hear you mention Boy George Bush what? and a bomb? Boy George Bush and a bomb. While I was on hold. Stay there and we'll find out if I did mention Boy George Bush and a bomb after this. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0844 Just before the break, we left you with a cliffhanger. Did I mention Boy George Bush and a bomb? Um, I don't think so. I heard the word Bush. I was talking about the Cates Bush. Oh, the, right. The tribute act that I um, am bringing to the world. Oh, you're bringing her back? Well, well, <laughs> well. Resurrecting. Here's the thing, right? So, um, I, I like Cat Stevens. Yusuf Islam, as we call him now. Right? I think he's brilliant. Was oh, trying Islam. Was trying to get him on the show, and th- then my mate Scott Balcony and another listener um, carried on a conversation, CCing Yusuf Islam in there about gay marriage. And I went, thanks, guys. Well, it was, it was a nice dream. Anyway, so I like um, Yusuf a lot. I think Cat Stevens is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, right? And um, he's doing a little tour of, of small theatres. I thought, awesome. There was a pre-sale ticket code today but to get that pre-sale ticket code you had to join his fan club twenty dollars twenty dollars what's that like eight quid i'm in beautiful so i joined his fan club dr schmallops and i got my pre-sale code that had to be activated at 9 a.m this morning beautiful so i i activated my code my pre-sale code right at nine o'clock right and he's playing he's playing a theater in london Nearly all of the seats were sold out, right? At five past nine on a pre-sale code, right? They were nearly all sold out, right? Hang on a minute. Hello. Now, are you sure he's going to be playing what he used to play, or yeah. is he playing Nasheeds, which are Islamic songs? Yeah, no, he's not, he's, he's, no, he's allowed, because he, for a while, when he became Yusuf Islam, he was like, no... Uh, Western instruments are bad, drums are bad, your guitar is bad, you can't do any of that. I remember, because I remember I worked in HMV in Slough, and he released his first album as Yusuf Islam, right? And loads of people bought it. It was the most returned album that uh, HMV had ever had at that point. Because it wasn't like Cat Stevens, it was him doing, like you say, like all the, you know, the funny songs and stuff. Um, but no, now he's he's um, um, reconciled with his history, and yeah, he'll be doing all the all the classics. Oh, it's not time to take it round. Have a look at what you're doing. He's still it's, got the beard, then. He's still got the beard, and isn't it funny? Can I say this right? He's half Greek, he's half Swedish, right? And in the seventies, he looked like a Greek sex god, didn't he? he Look like a lion, right? But now he's Muslim, he looks like a Pakistani gentleman. 
does he? He does! And it's, I, I don't, I mean, I, that, I don't know if that's because he's so devoted to Islam, but he does, he, he does, honestly, and it's not, I'm not making light of it, he looks Pakistani, and it's partly because he's got the haircut, and partly because he's got the beard, but his colouring, everything, it's incredible. Anyway, so yeah, he's gonna do all the hits, and I'm a big, big fan, I think he's absolutely brilliant, one of the best songwriters ever, and a real interesting story as well, right? But the cheapest tickets, right? Yes. Were a hundred pounds. My goodness me. A hundred pounds. The most expensive were 138. And it's a small theatre. Um, it's the Shaftesbury Theatre, which I'm guessing holds a thousand people, right? So he's gonna make about a hundred thousand pounds from a small theatre. So I booked two tickets, right? And as I'm filling in my b- credit card details, I'm thinking, do is I really, do I re- yeah, is it worth it? Do I really want to spend 200 quid? Now, I'd spent more on that to see him before, because I bought some tickets off a hooky website ages ago when he was doing his first ever gig, right? Uh, his first ever gig since retirement in, I think, like, 1979. Um, but this, I'm typing in going, do I really, and then I hit send. So I've bought two tickets for 200 quid. quid. I look forward to it, but all through the night I'll be going, four flipping it, mate, this was 200 quid. Yeah. 200 quid. But rich. That is a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Radio presenter like you who earned bucket loads. Yeah. I'm sure. No, well, no, no, hang on a second. I'm not, I'm not on anything like, um, like that at all. Um, I, oh, I'm being told I'm also... Um, you don't earn anything like Alan Brazil? No, 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 no. God, those guys. I mean, Talk Sports got, like, proper, proper funding in it. In it. Anyway, yeah. Dr. Shmalops, what did you call in for? You were talking about getting listenership. I don't know the Raja figures. The Raja? <laughs> okay, yeah. all right, mate. The Maharaja The figures. Maharaja figures are, let's be honest, d- disappointing. Well, it's in the infancy as a whole. In their infancy as a whole, correct Mundo Fonzarelli, and boy, oh boy, I don't know, wouldn't it be nice if the radio station did some advertising outside of the radio station? That would be cool. Um, but apart from that, you know, we get healthy online figures and healthy, very healthy podcast figures, but the, the Maharajas are, um, let's just say they're going to introduce partition in about three up. weeks' notice. They can only go up. Yeah. They can't, no, they can't enter my Yes. You are fearful that your show is blokey, which I don't think it is. Blokey? Very unblokey. Okay, good. Thank it's you. It's very, you know... It's niche. It's niche, though. That's the problem. Aha! I knew there was a problem, and we found the, uh, we found out what it is. It's it, too it, niche. It's niche. It, it's niche within niche. Oh, it's a, it's like, um, the C in a Venn diagram, whereas C is like the tiny bit way off to the side. We're not in A. We're not in A, the big circle, which is like everything. We're outside of A and B. We're C. Yeah. And this is no criticism. But. I think. I'm not a racist, but. Yeah. It's a constructive suggestion. Yeah. Go. Do it. Let's do I it. Think Let's do this you thing. You might want to cut down on some of your musical Whoa. Um, Whoa. Uh, taste because it comes as low as though you're doing a show just on your interest. Yeah, but I, but I am. I have to. I have to do a show just on my interest. Yeah, in a way, I agree that you're being true to yourself. No, no, no. But I have to. I have to because w- w- um, what is what is the alternative? 
yeah, that's true. You can what go is the alternative to, to route or the Clive Ball route? Well, the, well, the, yeah, exactly. And you know, look what they've done to Clive, who I still think is Britain's greatest broadcaster. Superb. We could, we could Superb. do the thing, right, where we, um, we don't have guests at all. Okay, well, that makes my job even harder because we. Sparks, okay. Okay. It's sometimes when you have a listener who's yeah. saying to the Beach Boys, and then you even say to yourself, "Oh, we're disappearing off our backside." Yeah, but how long does that bit last for? Mm. It's often enough. Yeah, but it, it lasts for about ten minutes. Yeah, that's true. Out yeah. of three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um... Part... I was thinking about this the other day, actually. It's interesting you mentioned this, right? Uh, it, it, part of me c- classifies this show as a music show, but without music, right? Um, and the, 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 what I hope I can do by talking about the Beach Boys and stuff is impart my enthusiasm. Loads of people have got in touch saying, oh, I, f- I never heard that song before. And, uh, what you have done is you have opened my ears to a whole new world, right? So some people have got that. And some people, I'm assuming you, don't get it. And that's groovy as I well. I get it. Because I've listened to you over the years and yeah. I know these are sort of your passions. Yeah. Um, so I get it. Yeah. And, and I roll along with it yeah. even though it, it's not my musical no. taste but it doesn't bother me um that you talk about it yeah. i learn stuff off it anyway yeah um but i'm just thinking of it for a wider audience yeah it's well just a suggestion well no listen you're probably right you're probably right and at some point the um rough edges of this show will be grasped by the um hand of management whether it be this management or new management and they will they will smooth it down and water it down that's inevitable right if anyone that's has ever watched real fear well that's what's really gonna but that's what's radio. gonna happen but that's what's gonna happen it's inevitable yes, it if you've, if you've, inevitable. If you've ever if you've ever watched the new radio station um uh, uh being delivered yes. and then looked at it 18 months later it's completely different that's inevitable I'm going to cry the day we, 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 when we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It might, it you know, will, the, the new I'll bosses take over. Day. The new, the new, uh, you know, the deal goes through this month, so it could be, it could happen any time now. So, um, if uh, I, my suggestion is enjoy the uh, self-indulgent musical bits, because because one day they ain't going to be here. They're not going to be lasting long. I agree, mate. No, uh, you know. But I appreciate um, you. I appreciate you um, feeling you can phone up and you can um, bring that up. I know, but I can't do that on another radio show, no. uh, and, I, and I'll vouch for that for hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, and I appreciate you can do it, and I take that. Um, uh, I, I uh, take it um, in the spirit it's intended, because obviously you care about the show enough to phone up and make suggestions on on how we can um, sustain various bits and pieces. So thank you, Doctor Schmullups. Yeah, well, long may it continue, mate. As long as it goes on, I'll be listening. Peace and love. Peace and love. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Rashid. Oh, Ian. Where are you, where are you, man? Are there fireworks going off or something? Nah, I'm just driving the just truck. Driving the old truck. Driving the old truck. What you got for us, boss? I was going to say the, the, the show's not blokey at all. The show's, you know, it's not blokey. You're always talking about Kate Bush, you know, Kate Bush and different bushes. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. that that's not blokey. No, exactly. I well, no, no, I, I, just, I sometimes, if I'm getting tired, it will stray. Bloody hell, it's noisy there. If I'm uh, getting tired, it will stray into blokishness. But blokishness isn't isn't the, the, my my prime concern tonight, though. Um, it's we're going to delve into the world of the unexplained, Rashid. Yeah, yeah, 
You wouldn't explain, yeah? I used to collect that when I was a teenager. Oh. Well, if you had the whole set, it's worth £4.50 now. That's what I paid for it. No, because we lived in the ghetto, I can only afford about... I only had about three three and a half copies. It's very rare that um, you see, and there's quite a few on eBay, it's very rare that you see an entire collection of a magazine because quite often it'll be you know c- collect all of the issues to build i don't know the millennium falcon or um you know a battle scene from 1066 but it's 150 issues or something and the first issue is 199 and then it goes up to 499 a week back, back then it was uh, what was it about 50p something like that i don't know it don't say because the covers have been taken off you see so uh, you know what i'm more scared of it now than i was as a teenager i was like, more intrigued then but now i'm a bit a bit frightened. Well, I, I'm, I'm, well, as I'm, as I'm flicking through the pages, and we will flick through the pages later on, um, there's not really, um, a lot that's actually that spooky. If, to be honest, it looks like bullshine. The one that, that spooked me out was the self-combusting bodies. Everybody is upset. I think I just saw the, saw the word cock, and then I, I, I flicked the page again. Uh, let me try and find that again. Everybody is obsessed with the um, the spontaneous combustion. That's not in the issues that I have in front of me today, so don't worry. Okay, yeah, all right, because I'm in, I'm in the countryside on my own. I'm a bit, you know... Well, I don't think you're going to spontaneously combust in your truck. I don't think there are any examples of that. Oh, there we go, cock. Um, even, even after leaving prison, Parsons protested since he had gained nothing from the Cock Lane affair. Oh, isn't it, funny? isn't it funny that that word is the word that sprang out as I flicked through the, uh, the pages? What word was that, Ian? Sorry. It was the word cock, Rashid. Cock-a-loo-loo. Thank you very much indeed. What a terrible, terrible line. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. So a hundred quid to see per per ticket and those were the cheap seats those were the cheap seats man to see um cat stevens and i that's expensive isn't it i'm trying to think how much it was i mean the last kind of big show that i went to in a theater was um brian wilson at the palladium um i'm trying to think how much they were. I'm sure the tickets that I bought for me and the boy were like seventy quid or something. I mean, that's that's a that's still um, that's still a lot of money, isn't it? Um, but a hundred quid, and the the most expensive ones were a hundred and thirty eight, and most of them had sold out already. This was bang on nine o'clock, bang on nine o'clock when the pre sale. So they mu- there must have been a a pre pre sale, surely. A pre, pre-sale ticket thing. And I know that hooky websites, and there's a hooky website I use to get tickets. If there's a show I really want to see, and I really want to sit in like the, um, you know, in, in the front row, there's a, there's a hooky website I go to. And I say hooky, they do this thing where they block buy tickets or they, um, pay people. You know, they buy tickets off people at a premium. Um, and I, I, I don't really, I, I don't really have any qualms, um, about going there because they've always been, they've always, you know, given me what they, they're the ones that got me fourth row tickets to see Prince. Uh, when I was so close that I, when I was singing Little Red, Red Corvette, it put him off. Prince was singing Little Red Corvette and I was, well, I only, I only know about three Prince songs. So I started singing along, and I've got quite a, you know, a, I've got a very powerful voice. Very powerful. Um, it's it's a it's a, a, a gift, and it's a curse. And um, 
it put, it actually put prints off. And he gave me a really dirty look. I also, by the way, if you've ever put a singer off, uh, uh, 0844-499-1000, or if you've ever been in the theatre and your mobile phone has gone, oh man, even the vibrate, even just on vibrate and, and it's on silent, that's still really noisy. Those vibrations are, are very, very loud. Um, I also put Neil Diamond off um, when he was taping an audience with Neil Diamond for uh, Button 3 on the telly. I put him off. He was singing... Um, uh, it must have been Sweet Caroline. It must have been. And I was... It was a sing-along, man. Don't, don't do a sing-along if when people start singing along, you're going to get all arsy about it and then stare into the audience and make them feel bad diamond is is my advice to you if you're gonna do um songs and you don't want people singing along well don't do sing-alongs do some of your more awkward material from the late 70s the early 80s i would probably still have sung along to that that would have taught him um a lesson or two oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number i should say as well we're selling tickets for the um uh, um performance ring in christmas october the 30th is sold out we might have we might be releasing maybe another 10 tickets or thereabouts a little bit later on we might be doing that for the october the 30th but don't hold your breath guys don't hold your breath um but the uh what the christmas special i say christmas special it's happening in december it, it may not necessarily have any christmas theme that's down to you but the christmas special on december the 11th that's almost sold out over um 50 percent of the tickets have sold out for that um so if you if you want them you gotta get them fast i don't know what the link is so i can't um i can't tell you but we we're still looking for acts for that so if you want to um, come and perform in a top London uh, venue, um, in what is going to be a very supportive audience, be nice and supportive, um, then send me an email, ian at ianlee.com, I-A-I-N, at ianlee.com. Um, what requirements are there? As, as, we, as we do more and more of these, I think it's going to become a semi-regular thing, maybe every other month, I don't quite know, um, until the acts dry up. And the act can never dry up because there are so many of you that um, can, I don't know, do stuff. Um, and it can be anything. It can be literally anything. I really want someone to come and do some cookery in front of people. That, I think, would be awesome. Um, if you want to just stand on the stage for 10 minutes and say nothing, I would dig that. You know, it, it could be anything. You want to come and do, like, handstands and stuff. Wicked. Um, the act has got to be between 8 and 12 minutes, really. Maybe a bit longer if we can dis- we can discuss and negotiate over email right but um uh, we- i mean we've got a guy coming on the um october the 30th who just wants to try magic he said i really fancy trying magic can i come and have a go beautiful he's in he's booked i want to try magic okay fine so there's someone coming to try magic and it might be awful but it you know it, it fair play to him he wants to try magic and he wants to come and do it in front of you know 100 people um in the back of a pub in in, uh, in london so um it, it can be anything really 
I kind of like the idea. You know Bob Mills, who does the show on a Sunday? It's a cracking show. I've not listened to it for a while, actually. I need to, because I, I, I think he's brilliant. Do you remember he used to do one of the funniest TV shows I've ever seen in my life called In Bed With Mid-Dinner? Do you ever see that? It was brilliant, right? And basically what it was, it was Bob Mills pretending he was at home. It was a studio audience there. And he would watch. Is it, on, is it all on YouTube? Because if it's on YouTube, that's tomorrow sorted. And he would basically watch um, TV programs and then pause them and then go, right, right, look at, look at, look out for this next bit because there's a geezer with a stick and he starts running after it and he would just then play bits of TV programs and then do commentary over them. Um, if someone wants to do something like that, you can do anything you want, basically, is what I'm saying. You can do anything you want, but it's got to be, you can't just come on and do a song and go because it's a, the venue is limited size and we can't just have someone, you know, if, if everyone came on and just did three minutes, um, we'd have about 30 performers. So it's got to be, you know, you've got, you've got to uh, commit to something, you know, and don't, it doesn't matter if you're rubbish, but I would suggest, I, I would hope that you would feel, you know, you, that you had to put some effort into it and not just rock up and go, right, um, um, I'm just gonna sing a song, Acapulco, which I think means naked, it's Latin for naked. Um, you know, I, I would hope that there would be some thought and some effort into it. So if you want to do it, on December, Sunday, December the 11th, it's in London, and it will be a warm, uh, friendly, it'll be very warm, judging by, it was where we did film ring, bloody hot in there. Um, it, it, it'll be a supportive audience who are there because they want you to succeed. Um, then ian at ianlee.com. You can also do it on Skype. We've got a couple of people, although one of them might be, might be rocking up now instead of doing it on Skype. But we've got one person, definitely one person, that's going to be doing their performance on Skype. I mean, I wouldn't want more than two... I wouldn't want more than two or three people per night on Skype. But, you know, if you're in Scot Scotland or something, and you've got a brilliant act that you want to have a pop at, uh, we, we can take a couple of people on Skype. I think that will work. You know, there's a big screen there. There's, there's a, a PA system. So we can do all of that. Oh, and here's, here's what who might be performing on uh, the Christmas special. Could be the world premiere of the Scarday Nights. Yeah, they might be playing. They might be playing. I said to the, I said to my mate Spence and Matt, I said, oh, well, I'm doing this thing on December 11th. Do you reckon we can get two songs ready by then? So that might be happening. All we need is, um, a singer. So someone who can sing Scar. So it's, I'm, I'm a fat fella that can, um, uh, sing while running on the spot. That's what Scar is basically, isn't it? It's a fat bloke. And we need some. I need a pork pie hat for me, please, uh, so that I look the part. Um, so we need that. But if you want to take part, Ian at ianlee.com is the email to send. Uh, you know, your, and you can you can kind of send a rough outline. I don't need to know everything, but you, you know. And I'm 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 happy to help with a little bit of guidance and a little bit of um, shaping in terms of your uh, uh, thing. And if you want to buy tickets, here's the thing: uh, ticketsource.co.uk forward slash ian dash lee there's 35 tickets left guys 35 tickets left for the sunday december the 11th uh performance ring christmas special so it, it you know that's 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 three months away and it's almost sold out wow we're, we're almost booking well into 2017 um imagine that 
Right, onwards and upwards with the show, dear listener. We'll have a look through the papers. Um, we'll also flick through the unexplained and find some spooky stuff, man. Although, as I flick through it, it, it seems a lot of the stories involve, involve um, instead of photographs, sketches. Lots of sketches. For example, here's one. Two silver-suited figures emerged from a shiny round object at the Devil's Garden in Cheshire and took measurements of a cow. They were seen by four youths, one of whom was left with a painful reminder of the close encounter. But it's a drawing. So, yeah, yeah. 0844-499-1000. Across the UK, online and on DAB. We are Talk. Talk Radio. Give it some lip. Talk Radio. Chris, you'll be next after the news. It could be you after him, dear listener. 0844 499 1000. It's the late night phone in radio show where we don't really talk about anything, but yet we do talk about everything. It's 11 o'clock. Here's the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
Uh, Larry Kane, who is coming on the show later on, uh, he's friends with the Beatles, he's now following me on Twitter, and I'm following him. I've slightly, this is Ian Lee on Talk Radio, by the way, Tris and Jonathan, you'll be uh, next, 0844-499-1000 is the uh, uh, telephone number, if you want to give us a call, if you're looking for clues as to what to call in about, I ain't got none. Um, but we're going to play Larry Kane, uh, the interview I did with him uh, earlier on this evening. We'll play that out later on tonight, and it'll also be a podcast. Um, I've, I've loosened my strict grip on what, who and what, whom and what I follow on Twitter now. And I think I'm following more people than I've ever followed. Let me see how many people I'm following on Twitter now. It's up to 28 it's really up to 28 and some of them are some of them are gambles um some of them are, are real gambles larry larry kane could be a gamble what a nice guy what a nice guy the only u.s journalist to uh, do the entire 1964 american tour of the uh, uh, w- with the beatles it was on every single date and um, um, and more uh, more besides and we had quite a bit in common and we had a really really nice chat and he's um i didn't know he was in the uk i'd have gone and i'd have gone and hung out with that guy I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in fact, I'm gonna go and hang out with that guy. I know what hotel he's in, I know what room he's in. Straight after this, Larry, I'm rocking up to your hotel, I'm knocking at the door, number 566, and I'm bringing a big bottle of vodka, and you and me, we're gonna talk about old times. That's what we're gonna do. 0844 499 1000 is the telephone number. So I have loosened my grip on, on, on followers, on, on following people on, on, um, Twitter. But I, t- I don't really want to go above 30. If I start going above 30, 35 maximum, I get very angsty about it. Hey, um, every single newspaper today has got... This is this is um, how messed up this country is, right? Every single newspaper today has got two... You can bet your bottom £5 note. They've got two stories. One is more about the great british bake-off hashtag gbbo that's on that was on tv tonight awkward awkward great british bake-offs on bbc one tonight awkward so all of the newspapers have got that and i think it's still on the front page yeah it's on the front page it was on the front page yesterday uh front page of the star the express uh the daily mirror and the sun it's on the front page oh i haven't got the mail could you get me the mail please um catherine because there's lots of stories in the mail um so that and the other story that everybody has gone to town on today and i really well i do know why because they think they're being wacky and you can bet as well that um local radio has had a field day on this the new five pound notes the new five pound notes every gosh you open that door with gusto well done it's heavy. yeah oh, heavy man um every paper pretty much has got a story about these we put these new indestructible five pound notes to the test just how indestructible are they <laughs> we'll go see them in a bit let's go to tris evening tris Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Tris. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. You wait You wait until you hear the chat with Larry Kane. We'll, we'll put him out after midnight. We'll also put it out as a yeah, podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, mate. It is brilliant. That guy... Well, I don't, I don't know much about him outside no. of the US tour, though, to be honest. Well, well, did you, um, did you know that John Lennon was his weatherman? 
I did about three hours ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I tweeted it. It's, it's really interesting. Also, we got a lot in common with our, with um, our mums and stuff. And it's um, we 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 kind of went off. Um, it, it's really interesting, right? He's been broadcasting um, for like. 55 years something like that right so he and he's yeah. done tv he's done radio he's done really heavy politics and he's done the beat he's done everything right every aspect of it you can imagine and yeah. you know but boy oh boy i should live as long to get you know a, 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 a half of the experience he's ever had and um the first 10 minutes he's, he's he's basically doing a monologue right and normally that would annoy me a little bit but he's just so deli- first of all his voice is so delicious right and secondly, the stories he's telling about the Beatles and stuff. Um, oh, it was just wonderful, Tris. I could have just, I just sat there. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to get a word in edgeways for a bit. He's doing his thing. I'm going to sit here and just let this wash over me. And I did. It was brilliant. And then, I, you know, I, I like to think that he enjoyed my interview because I kind of, I'd done a little bit of research on this guy and I'd find, yeah. found out that we've got one or two things in common and we kind of went off and talked about other stuff. We talked about life. Well, I suppose his job is more sitting in your chair, isn't it? Yeah. So he probably likes yeah. telling his story for a change. Yeah, it? I, th- I think so. I really think so. And, um, th- you know, I-, I think it's an interesting thing. It's not all about the Beatles. Everyone's going, oh, bloody Beatles. Oh, bloody Beatles. They're bloody Beatles. It's not all about the bloody Beatles. It's, um, uh, it- there's other bits and pieces as well. I- what an interesting bloke. What a nice bloke. Anyway, we're, we're well, now. I'm looking forward to that. We're, we're friends on Twitter. Me-, me and Larry. Me and Larry were like this. Well, I hope it goes well for you. I really do. Well, we'll see. And also, also, and we, we might play this out this week or next week. I don't know. We might play this out on Friday and we'll do Hunter Davis next week. But we interviewed um, Weird Al Yankovic today. Oh, yeah. Who is, um, go and watch, right? He's, I tweeted it earlier on. It, I think he's brilliant. I think he's actually a genius, right? Actually a genius. As, as, as close as you can get. Because his songs are so clever. Go and watch, um, his version of Happy by Pharrell Williams called Tacky. Oh, I've seen that. I've oh, seen that. Yeah, yeah. Mate. And, and watch it, right? Watch the vid. Marvel at the video. Yeah. Listen to the lyrics, because they're so clever. But also listen to the really excellent production on it. I mean, it's just, it's not a cheap. It would be so easy to do, um, there was a trend in the 90s when I was on local radio. Moyles used to do Moyles took it from local radio. Do you remember Moyles would do this thing on the Radio One Breakfast Show where they do rip-offs of hit songs and he'd do like funny lyrics and stuff, right? Do you know, I always actively avoided Moyles. Yeah. If anyone has to have a sidekick called Comedy Dave. Yeah. If you have well. to tell people <laughs> that they're funny in the first place, you know, it's not really I think it was an ironic title, but but he did this thing that they would do at local radio stations and I always found it a bit naff and embarrassing. What they would do, they would either get a karaoke backing track of a current hit or they would um mix the vocals off the vocals would be on one channel and they'd, they'd mix the vocals down and they'd put new and it was always really lame half-assed jokes right and the, you got the gag tw- after 20 seconds um and, and those are easy to do right but yeah. to to create a track from scratch that's all oh, parody is difficult man. oh I mean, isn't look it look at the rock look at the rolls yeah 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 totally totally you yeah. t- t- to carry up but but also the ruttles they did two albums the first album was brilliant the second album a little bit ropey right archaeology was that yeah a little bit ropey i mean yeah. he's weird al has been going since the early 80s the mid 80s he sold something like 30 million records you know and he's done album after album after album and 
They're brilliant. They're flipping yeah. brilliant what he does. The production values, Tris. It's all about the production values. Anyway. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know him terribly. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm further down my um, my uh, Beach Boys discovery. We're not, allowed to, we're not allowed to talk about the Beach Boys. Did you not hear? Oh, yeah. No, did I you did not hear? hear? Oh, well, never mind. Oh, yeah. oh well. Yeah, I've hit, I've hit a real dead end, I tell you. I've got their self-titled album from 85. Oh, what do you yeah. think of that? Uh, now, the, well, no. Steady on, right? The Beach Boys in the 80s, it's it's a very, very mixed bag, right? But, but, I have... We're going to do what exactly what Dr. Schmollop said we shouldn't do, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for that album. That album was um, produced by um, uh, Steve Levine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who w- was was Boy George's producer, producer of Culture Club, right? Well, Boy George wrote a track. Boy it, George, boy, boy George, oh, oh, I think even he would admit was at his most coked up f- uh, phase. Gave them a song that was was wasn't even a decent Culture Club B side. They gave them a terrible song, right? But yeah. and it's and the, the album's very synthy. It's very eighties. It's very it's uh, all drum tracks. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. Ringo plays on one of the songs. Yeah, he does. But <laughs> I've got a soft spot. And hang on a minute. Hang on. I just seen who's on the line. Honey. Oh, Hello. Well, th- th- honey um, um, uh, um, is a bigger Beach Boys fan than me. Well, how old are you? What you twenty three yeah. or something, honey? I'm 19. 19 years old. Wow. And I'm sorry I put you in touch with Mike Love from the Beach Boys. And he referenced the song Wild Honey. Do you know what that song's about, honey? Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's 75. He was talking to a 19-year-old about a song that's about... (laughs) Anyway. What do you think... I'm going to get told off now, honey. Yeah. What do you think, honey, of the mid-80s Beach Boys album, The Beach Boys? I... I haven't listened to it yet. What the heck? Oh, She's a fraud. I'm not even a fan. I'm hang on a second. A fan, right, hang on a second. This was the hit from it, and it was a minor hit. They st- here we go. Listen to this. Now I know, I know, I know what we're thinking. Awful, so, but but just just give me a verse and a chorus of this. When when Mike Love comes in with the bow bow bow, just when he comes <laughs> in on that, right? So it's bow bow bow, right? I guess I don't know. It's synth and it's horrible, but listen, here we go. Bow bow bow, you went for that. Here we go. Bow, bow, bow. Now. Now I know it's I know it's eighties and it's horrible and Cass pulling a face. She knows nothing. She laughed at Nico. Just 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 listen to the lyrics, man. Listen to the lyrics. Oh yeah. Now that's now that's an interesting note. When we took me back to that time in the car when you cried all night because we'd gone too far. That could be taken. What? That could be taken in two ways, mm. couldn't it? <laughs> a little bit predatory. It continues. Can I ever get you back? Oh, gonna get you back now. Oh. But then listen, listen. Hey, there we go. Now, I can tell you, neither of you are won over by that, are you? No, that's the openness of the album, isn't it? Yeah, well. all right. Well, listen to the fade-out. Listen to the fade-out. The, the stunning fade-out. Here we go. Don't worry. I'm 
leave her and you leave him, then, then we be, get your back again. Now that's a winner, isn't it, guys? Honey, let's go to you first of all. I have heard this song before. I just haven't heard the whole album. Okay, well, okay. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're playing it. You're playing it. Um, you're playing it cool. You're not a fan, Tris. I'm trying no. to think. Um, um, it's Pony. That's why. Oh, shut up! Right, last one. Last one. Last one. Because I get <laughs> listen. Listen to this. If everybody in the USA. This is great. This is genuinely great. We could take them to a place out west where the good sun shines every day. Here comes Al Jardine. Now there's a touch of California. Oh my god. Yeah. And everyone who's ever been this way. And when your telephone begins to ring. Here we go. You ready? All together now. It's California calling. There's a brilliant... Like, just stay with it, because there's a brilliant line coming up in a minute. Not this one. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Here it comes, here it comes. Here it comes. And I'll take you through Take your boogie board with me. Hang on. Oh no, it comes up in a minute. They're, they're trying to sound 80s. That's what I'm talking about boogie boards. But there's a. It's got the best Beach Boys lyric in any song. Forget pet sounds. It's it, it, st- <laughs> stay with me on this. Forget pet sounds. Hang on. Hang on. It does. It does actually go on quite a bit. I hadn't realised. And, and, and but hang on. Here we go. In the 50s, it was Hey Daddy O. Here came the surfers and the hoodies, you know. Here came the surfers and, oh, we had our and our cars and So we've referenced the 50s and the 60s. Now come the 80s. Here we go. My baby listens to my car radio. My baby listens to my car radio. And when we're cruising, let the whole world know. Yeah. And when our favorite surfing song comes on. We always let them know it's totally right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beach Boys in the 80s. <laughs> I believe there's even a reference to bitching in there as well, I'm sure. When our favourite song comes on, honey, we always let them know it's totally rad. Yeah, go on in there, and what, what's, what's your least favourite Beach Boys album? Um, oh, uh, I don't like, I, here's the thing, I don't like the early ones, all the surfing stuff. Yeah, they're a bit samey, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little bit ropey. They're a little <laughs> bit ropey. Tr- Tris, honey, stay there, I've got to do this. Late night, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. And Jonathan, you'll be up in a bit. We've got Honey and we've got Tris. Honey, what have you caught? How has your life changed since (laughs) you spoke last week to the lead singer of the Beach Boys, Michael Edward Love? Um... It hasn't really. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, look, at, you, look how quickly the, the youth, you're the MTV generation. You, you quickly, you forget. How quickly no, you my, my, my Twitter followers went absolutely crazy. Who is, um, who, do you know who Clumsy Mike Love is on Twitter? <laughs> oh, my God, I was literally going to bring Clumsy Mike up, uh, Mike Love up. He, that's the yes. funniest, the funniest tweet. I think is I can't really follow it, because I'm, I'm being followed by Mike Love's manager, right? So I don't want to be seen to be encouraging... <laughs> any shenanigans but clumsy might love on twitter is hilarious 
I'm glad you think so. I think it's very, very funny. Very funny indeed. Uh, also, um, Mike actually follows me on Twitter. Mike Love follows you on Twitter? Wow. Yeah, he has for ages. Flipping <laughs> it. I bet he does. Um, <laughs> flipping <laughs> it. Well, that's, um, that's unpro- I'm genuinely a bit jealous now, honey. <laughs> genuinely Good. very jealous. What have you called him for? Um, oh, I was going to say, you were talking about um, distracting people at concerts or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I distracted Prince and I've distracted Neil Diamond. Who have you distracted? One Direction or something? <clears throat> oh. The Backstreet Boys. I have actually seen One Direction live. Yeah, of course was... you have. You're, of course you have. <laughs> You're 19 years old. Of course you have. It's, it's, it's your, your birthright is to see that band. <laughs> no. Um, uh, when I saw Brian Wilson the first time, yeah. <laughs> me and my friend were in, like, fourth row back or something <laughs> and we were right <laughs> we were right in his uh his kind of eye line his eye line yes that's it. a phrase yes you can say <laughs> eye line yeah that's good his and line. um <laughs> and uh he we like we kept waving at him and stuff oh, and no. uh, at one point <laughs> at one point he waved at us but um when he was singing i can't remember i think he was singing waiting for the day or something yeah and uh he kind of just stopped and smiled at us, oh. and we were like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> you, you could, you could have literally robot Brian could have, could have um, crashed then, and st- steam would have come out of his head, and the whole concert <laughs> could have been derailed. Let's be honest. If anyone's, a, as my um, six-year-old boy said when we, I took him to see Pet Sounds, Daddy, why does Brian Wilson have a piano in front of him that he never plays? Um, <laughs> and there's not, well, all I could say to a six-year-old was, well, Brian's led a very um, tough life and it just makes him feel safe to have a piano in front of Aww. him. Um, but you can't, you can't, just, they should make it um, the rule at Brian Wilson concerts that you're not allowed to um, wave or distract him or anything because it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's always a tense hour and a half as to whether he's going to make it to the end. It is, it uh, is. My, my favourite thing is that um, when he just randomly gets up and you're <laughs> like, where's he going? He does. He does. He just gets <laughs> up and he, sometimes he just walks off. And then someone, you can tell, you can see the guy with the remote control going, hang on a minute. Hang on, that's <laughs> it, right, and sends him back. Um, you do, you, you do that. Uh, uh, you know I've met Brian Wilson and interviewed him twice. Oh, my. He's the most, and he phoned me at home once, but that's a different story. Um, but he's the most honest interview ever because he doesn't, you know, because he's what he's damaged goods, he doesn't follow the interview's rules. I remember um, the first time I interviewed him, and he was he'd just done a tour with Al Jardine. It'd been the first tour he'd done with with Al for years. And I went, "Oh, that must have been nice, Brian. I must try and dig this out. I've got it somewhere. That must have been nice working with Al." He said, "No, it was terrible. He's got a massive <laughs> ego. It was really it was really hard work." And it's brilliant. No one speaks like that in interviews. It's terrible. He's got a massive ego. Oh my god, no. Okay, don't. I love Al Jardine. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's uh, I've got a soft spot for Al even though he treated <laughs> me like a piece of scum at, 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 at Los Angeles airport. He's... I I saw I saw Brian and Al on Al's birthday day um oh. like a few weeks ago yeah and i was front row and i was like happy birthday al and he thanked me and uh, it made my life you you you, <laughs> you were born in the wrong decade you should have been you should have been uh, imagine what you'd have been like with dennis wilson nah dennis i like dennis but he's too handsome for me i like al <laughs> 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 oh, that's made me laugh. Honey, it's nice to talk to you. I'm glad you found this show, and I'm glad you oh. feel you can... Co- oh, go on. You've got something else you want to say? Another thing is... Yeah? You know your... Sh- your um, the show thing that you're doing? Yeah? It reminds me of... Um, I went to New York with um, my college, yeah. and we saw Live at the Apollo in Harlem. Oh, yeah. 
where they just get like random acts to come on and it's like a really famous thing it reminds me of that it should be a thing well it it, it, it might it, it might be a thing it might be it a thing I, I want it to be a thing and i want it to just i want to do like a like a handful of them four or five mm-hmm. um and see if it can sustain itself and and see if there are enough people that want to come and, and do bits and pieces and if they do and if people you know after four or five shows are a getting involved to take part and b getting involved to come and see the show then we we might I think maybe maybe uh, at some point next year we might hire like a theatre or something and do like a big do like a bit like a best of and we that get kind be of really the best cool. acts. In fact, that's what that's exactly what we're going to do. Well, maybe next summer we will yeah. hire a, a nice theatre, maybe five six hundred seater, and we'll do a best of. There we go. So I want to buy tickets to it, but I have no money. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing, honey. You ain't getting a freebie. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of like some kind of talent i have maybe oh. that i could <laughs> okay, well then you, you need to speak to mr al jardine and i'm sure he'll um talk something <laughs> honey nice to talk to you thanks for calling <laughs> bye bye um oh, that was getting close trist wasn't that was getting close yeah, she's was 19 close I'm, that was steady well now steady on that's an unfortunate phrase um i do i do i do <laughs> it, it's it's like talking to uh, young people like honey um that makes me realize i am flipping old man she's got an unfortunate name as well because you keep calling her honey and yep. it really does sound quite creepy it's like um um uh darling alistair darling yeah. yes darling anyway tristan <laughs> we get to the point of your call no, not really i don't generally have a point no? i just fake it once i'm on yep. tonight um i was thinking about something you were saying yesterday actually yes uh, li- listen to yesterday's show and you were sort of critiquing the show with cat yeah and i was thinking firstly it's kind of pointless asking any of us um how you can improve it because we're already the initiated so it doesn't really matter what we think we're already already suckered in and we all have sort of favorite bits and least favorite bits um but um i was wondering like people like me and caddick and stuff like that that phone up pretty much every night yeah do you want do you want that or do you think that's part of the problem because it it kind of makes it feel a bit i don't know um now there's there's a question if uh I, I like all of the callers and all of the... Uh, no, I don't like all of the callers. I um, enjoy the contribution of all of the callers. Some of the callers I don't like. Um, but I enjoy... Uh, not you or Caddick. Uh, uh, I, I enjoy the contributions of all of the callers, right? And and um, you've been on the phone for, for 25 minutes because, you know, if, if, if you were spouting rubbish and it was boring, you wouldn't have been on for 25 minutes. You know, we've been having a little, yeah. bit, of, little bit of fun. What the kids call bants. Um, in an ideal world, I would have a bigger selection of callers to pick from it would be really nice if you were to phone up one day and kath would say not tonight tris can you give us a call tomorrow and I'd, I'm, yeah. I'm picking you i'm saying you because you're on the phone now uh, you know yeah, it yeah, could yeah, be the same to anyone say well uh, y- you were on yesterday whoever um so maybe you can give us a call tomorrow it'll be really nice to be in that position and we're not in that position at the moment because um it is a limited i'm choos- trying to choose my language really carefully because i don't want anyone to take this as a criticism because it's not um we haven't got as many callers as i would like and um yeah. which means that instead of having a full palette of colors i've got red and i've got yellow and i've got green and i've got blue and um and i can still make a re- i can still do a bloody good picture with those with those colors but i haven't got the subtle shades that i would like to have does that make sense yeah, 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 absolutely. It was just sort of 
so, so I can't remember exactly what it was you mentioned last night, but I wonder whether, you know, whether that's... I do part, wonder... Part of the issue. I, well, I th- part of the issue well, is... Well, the, the thing is, like you say, I've been here, I've been here 25 minutes. If yeah. someone doesn't like the stuff that I go on about, then that's sort of, you know, sick to the show that's... Yeah. Not for, not for someone out there, you know? And, and, and it's up to me and Kath, you know, who gets on and, and how long they get on and when they get on, right? Um, but uh, I, I am having a real crisis of confidence... That's that's exaggerating it a little bit. I am having a real wonder, Tris. Um, if I'm in the right job, I'm, I'm going to say it. And I, I really, if if I'm in the right job, um, doing. Do you mean as in station or uh, as in or radio? In as in radio in general? You know, I, I'm I'm wondering if I'm in the right job. But then I think, well, what else? What else could I do, man? You know, I ain't got no skills. I ain't got nothing to offer. So I don't know. I don't know, Tris. You know, uh, um, uh, I don't know. But it's all groovy. We've got a racist coming up next. Is it? Hang on. Is it <laughs> jo- Jonathan? Is it you, Jonathan? Hello? Yeah, it, yeah, we have. Uh, uh, coming up after the next break, we've got um, uh, a racist. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it, Tris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, l- I love a bit of racism on my, uh, <laughs> on my commute home. I love a bit of racism on my toast. Tris, thank you very much indeed. 0844 is the phone number. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0844... 0844- 499-1000 is the phone number. If you want to, um, give me a call, you're more than welcome to. Jonathan's on the line. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening. What you got for us, boss? Well, I was, uh, discussing, uh, uh Black Lives Matter earlier with a friend of mine. You were discussing what? You, your phone cut out then. Black Lives Matter, did you say? Yeah, I was discussing, okay. um, the, the recent stuff with, uh, Black Lives Matter over yes. here in America with a friend of mine who just came out of hospital. Yes. And we got on to the subject of uh, Stephen Lawrence. Oh, God, here we and go. And that's let's, what I want to ring about tonight. OK, well, let's 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 tread carefully. But, yes, go, go on, let's see where this goes. Yeah, I think I, I'm... The worst thing, believe it or not, that came out of the Stephen Lawrence yeah. uh, uh, murder wasn't the institutional racism, because we already knew that existed... What came, what really disgusted me over the years, and yeah. I was discussing this with my friend, and he agreed with me, was the way that Stephen Lawrence's death was exploited by his own mother. Well, now let's well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's let's tread really carefully, all right? Because, um, you know, it's still a very very touchy subject. It was. Twenty-three years ago. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Jonathan. It can still be a touchy subject. You know, d- d- however long ago it was. So was Agincourt. Well, now, now you're just being stupid, and you know you're being stupid. Um, it, 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 it's still a very, very touchy subject for for very many reasons. Obviously, it's in the news now because there is um, a new piece of evidence has, um, or it, it turns out that some evidence was was. Well, I'm not aware of that actually. I'll okay. be, hold my hands up. Not aware okay. of that. Well, there's, uh, it turns out that a piece of evidence was logged incorrectly that could actually have a, a, a significant. Uh, we can still talk about it because it's not some judice or anything, but it could have a significant um, impact on on what may or may not have happened that night. Um, but to say that his mum used it for his... Come on, man. Listen, are you, I know you come on and you... you, you, you no, I'm, I'm being serious. I know, I, I, I know that you are. with my friends. Yeah, who's... Well, I, 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 the thing that surprises me about the whole thing is that you've got a friend. You've never mentioned having friends before. Well, 
I'm not interested in the the usual. I thought you were. I thought you were. I thought you. I thought you were a misanthrope. So how can you have a friend? I'm trying to make a serious point. You, you, and I'm going to let you sort of make your point, but I'm I'm also I'm going to I'm going to tread really carefully, right? Because you're talking about real people. Um, but have you? What was? Why are you in such a a nasty mood today? You're not normally like this. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's not a joke. It's a. It's a genuine question. Why uh, have you got yeah, such yeah, a problem? I, 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 I'm. T- uh, it, I've got a lot on my plate. I've got right. Well, then don't I've take got it out. Six of one, half a dozen the other. Right. I've got forms to fill in. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, don't take it out then. Uh, on my show, on the <laughs> the mother of of a boy who was who no, was murdered no, I, and I, the murder was covered up for years. Don't don't I'm, don't I'm take not, it out on I'm her. Not, you are you are Jonathan. I am trying to you're make a parti- serious point. But you're you're being particularly cruel. And uh, no, as as I, as I knew, I'm, I could tell from your tone straight away that there was. And I know you don't like all this psychotherapy babble. Although I think you actually do enjoy it a little bit. It's a little bit of flirtation which you quite enjoy because well, it's I missing do enjoy from your, your life. Efforts. No, I know you do. You enjoy the little bit of flirtation that we have between us and that's wonderful um but it was obvious that y- there is other stuff going on in your life and i don't think i want to let that other stuff that's there's stuff going on in my life but you're I'm not... the one who wants to talk about other stuff no i, wanna... I don't want I you wanna... to be rude about stephen lawrence's mum mate that's why and i and i i feel that you're doing it because there is other stuff going on in your life no i'm not no i'm trying to i'm trying to make a very serious a point that the media have deliberately tried to ignore oh, because they're Christ frightened sakes. of being called racist. No, because because the, the point that you're the point that you're making is utter bullshit. No, I I've got evidence. I can back up what I'm saying. It's in the I'm, public domain. I'm going to let you say it, but I'm 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 going to be prepared to be challenged. No, yeah, fine, fine. fine. First of all, there's the the, the plaque. On the on the spot where he died. Right. Why is that? Hang on a second. That is evidence that she's using it for self gain. Are yeah. you Are you insane? How is no, that? I'm not. T- explain I'm to me how that is. Point. Ex- no, you're not. You're making complete rubbish points. Explain to me how that is evidence that she's using it f- using his murder right for self gain. Explain that. We don't have plaques on the spot where other people died. No, you get bunches of flowers and teddy bears tied to lamp posts. Yes, but you don't get a plaque. How is she? How is? Hang on, no, one thing at a time. How is she gaining from that? You said that she's gaining. How is she gaining from that? She's baiting the worst people in society. No, no, no. Hang on. Disrespect his memory. How is she? No, no. She's idiots like you disrespect his memory. How is she? Trying to make a serious point. No, but your your, but your point is is for the emotion out of it. I wish you would because you're 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 spouting you're spouting bile and hatred just because you've had a bad day and you've got a form to fill in that you're struggling with. How does she benefit? How does she benefit from having a plaque up? Because. She wants to make out that this country is irredeemably racist. No, we're, we're, no, 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 no. no. It, 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 focus on this. How does having a plaque up on the spot where her son was murdered benefit her? It is. She can then go to the Daily Mirror to complain that her son is still being targeted by racists because she's oh, she's putting bait out for these morons to disrespect his memory. So, b- 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 I don't understand what you mean by bait. It's a plaque. There's, there's, there, there are, there are yes, plaques where coppers have been 
murdered. We don't there, 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 anyone else. Yes, we I do. Mean, a yes. blue plaque yes. for where someone lives. Yes, one jo- thing, Jonathan, but... you're 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 wrong. There's there's a there's a plaque for is it a copper in Luton? There's a plaque for a white copper in Luton. So we we do have plaques for other people. Yeah, but he was only a white cop. He didn't capture the left-wing media imagination like some uh, young man who got murdered. But, but no, but he no, white no, but, you, but, but 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 he got a plaque. Yeah, but he's not as high profile because he doesn't no, fit the but you've just said, but Jonathan, I don't. Maybe you're not hearing me. You've just said no one else has a plaque. I've just given you another an example of someone else that's got a plaque. Well, I've only got your word for it. Oh, J- Jonathan, for crying out loud, mate, you can do better than that. If you, if, if, if you think I'm going to lie to you, I did a radio show from Luton for four years. I know all about that stuff. If you think I'm going to lie to you just to prove a point, then this conversation is, is, isn't going to go anywhere, is it? We can't have an open and honest conversation about... Uh, we are having about an open... sacred cows of we the, are the having, modern era. Jonathan, we're having an open conversation and an honest conversation, and I've given you a fact that contradicts you, and you've, you, you, you now think it's a mainstream media cover-up, that I'm lying to you. I'm not. Well, the media lies all the time. No, but I'm not lying. I'm not lying, Jonathan. There is a plaque to a white copper. I can give you his name as well if you want. You can go, go ahead. Your PC John Henry. Right, thanks. You've you've made a good point. Thank but you. It doesn't so, mean that so my f- point is invalid. Well, it does because your point was that nobody else has a plaque to them. Well, no, my point they was do. it's being used as bait no, you're, to you're, attract you're, the worst no, people in society to disrespect him, so that she can go to the media and play the victim initial, all over your, again. Your initial so that point she can was exploit his death for her own. Ends. Okay, well, and she is a, okay. she is an unelected politician. Remember, right. sitting for the Labour Party. No, she she's she she's she's not she's not a politician. No, she is a Labour peer. Yeah, she she's was a peer. She's not a politician. Ed Miliband, yeah. who wanted to yeah. virtue signal to the okay. Guardian newspaper. But, but 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 Jonathan, Jonathan, your your point was, um, the first point you made was that nobody else has a plaque. Well, I've, we've we've just disproved we're that. So that point. No, here. no, we're not. We, 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 I said you, you can make your points, but I will challenge those points when they're wrong. And I've I've just shot down inappropriate choice of phrase. But there you go. Um, that point. So the plaque to one side. How else is Stephen Lawrence's mum benefiting from the murder of her son? She's an unelected Labour peer of the House of Commons who has. Right. Who, who is making who, who, who is making a, 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 who is making a difference? Um, no, she's not. In, she she has she is responsible for the worst civil rights violations of the Tony Blair era. What, what has the, what has what has um, Stephen Lawrence's mum done that is 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 what was it the worst the worst what? The, the worst civil rights violation of the Tony Blair era. Okay, so what, is she, what has she done that's violated civil rights? She she got Blair to overturn double jeopardy. Right. And this is very important because this actually affects black people as well as Double, uh, double jeopardy people. is, explain what that is for the hard of thinking. Okay. If you're accused of a crime, you yep. go to trial yep. and then are found innocent. Yep. You can't be retried for the same incident again. Right, and now you can. Yes. Yeah, which is which is great. 
No, it isn't. It is. Which is which the is which is great. We had double jeopardy was to prevent the authorities work. from persecuting. It didn't work. People. It meant people got away. The thing is, the reason better to let guilty people Jonathan, get away than send one innocent Jonathan, person to prison. Jonathan, it it didn't work. Um, and the, the no, re- it did work. Well, no, Jonathan, Jonathan, work. Jonathan, calm down, love. It the reason why Jonathan, 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 calm down. Listen, I know you've had a tough time trying to fill in a form. Don't don't take <laughs> it out on me, right? Um, the thing is, it, double jeopardy may have worked back in the day. It, 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 it doesn't now because it still does. It, well, no, it still works in America. They're no, not, uh, looking to well, just just because it. just because America. Because America get it right on so many things, don't they? What with yeah, they guns do, and, and the death penalty? I think we should be more like them. No, oh, God, Jonathan. The thing is, um, d- 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 advances in investigating crime are being made every single day. So, supposing someone was, was it is not about advances. Jonathan. It is Jonathan. About moral principles. Jonathan, shut up and let me finish a point. Thank you. Um. Supposing someone got tried for a murder, right, in 1975, right, and they got found, they got found, um, not guilty, right? But there was a jacket that had semen on it, right? And now, 40 years later, 50 years later, we can DNA test that and go, oh, hang on, it, that, is that bloke semen? Flippin' heck! So that person can then be tried again and then be found guilty. So, it is a good thing that we can retry people several years later when more evidence comes forward. No, it isn't a good thing. It encourages abuse of process, particularly by the police, who have, if they've got it in for someone in particular. Like black kids? Black kids? Yeah, white uh, kids. Pe- some as big uh, as your head. Uh, people. Pe- Anyone why are you, to anyone. But, but how is that, Jonathan? Let's go back. Let's go back to your original point, right? How does Stephen Lawrence's mum turn in, you know, changing that law? How does that benefit her? She's made a career off of his death. Right. She's, she's become. She's become. She's become a public figure. And do you think she would? Do you think? That she's at home going, oh, I'm so glad our Steve got murdered and got stitched up. The whole thing was stitched up by the coppers. Because look at me with me. Oh, I'm so glad my marriage broke down. I'm so glad that I went through all that misery and all that pain in public and being lied to by the coppers because I'm a peer now. I'm in the House of Lords. You think she's doing that? Is that what you think? Is that what you think, Jonathan? That she's happy that her marriage broke down? Is that what you think? Appetite grows with the eating. No, because I'm talking. We're talking about a woman whose son was murdered. Her marriage collapsed. She was lied to. She was lied to. Oh, for Jonathan, do you know what? Sometimes you you come on and you make a decent point. Sometimes you come on and we have a laugh. And sometimes you talk complete and utter bollocks. And tonight, Jonathan is one of those nights. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Anything goes on this show, um, but you know, <laughs> I mean, um, and you can come on and say anything, you know. And um, Jonathan's having a bad day, but uh, what he was saying was. Um, was 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 rubbish. I mean, it was obviously it was rubbish, wasn't it? You tell that. Tom's on the line. Good evening, Tom. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I've been better. How are you? 
Uh, I'm alright. He was a laugh, that last bloke. Was it, wasn't he? Full of giggles. Yeah. What did he say? Ian Lawrence's mum is a fascist or something? Say that again. Ian Lawrence's mum is a fascist, did Ste- Well, Stephen Lawrence, yes. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's all right. No, don't okay. worry. Don't worry. You're yeah. Ian, aren't you? I'm Ian. Hello, yes. Good evening. <laughs> oh. Um, what was I going to say? Don't know. Um, oh, yeah, I do a radio show on a very small community radio station. Oh, you messaged me earlier on. I did, yeah. yeah asking if you could phone in. Everyone can phone in, man. It's a phone-in show. Everyone's welcome to phone in. I know, but I thought maybe I'd get fast-tracked if I tweeted you. Um, no. Oh, okay. But, well. but nice effort. I, I, I like the style. No, thanks for replying. It was good. There you go. Sometimes... I did go through a thing a few months ago of every time I got a new follower, I would send them a message saying, hey, Tom, or hey, you know, Sarah, or hey, Steve, you know, thanks for following <laughs> and stuff. And I thought people go, oh, wow, that's really cool. But no, hardly anyone replied. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered now. I would have replied in. Well, definitely. well, I stopped doing it now. But I might, <laughs> I might do it again. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> So I already follow you. It'll be a waste. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Anyway, I do a small community radio station. Yes. Can I plug it? Yeah, sure. Why not? No one's uh, listening to this. Radio Bista. Okay. Uh, the second biggest station in Radio Bista in Bista. Who's Who's the Sorry. biggest station in Bista? I can't remember Bista FM or something. <laughs> oh. Something like that. Let's Annoying. go around. I see what we we'll do, Tom. Uh, after this, I, I'm I'm going to jump in the car. I'll, I'll come pick you up. Um, try and do a poo in a bag for me, and then we're going to go and um, chuck poo at um, Bister FM's windows. How about that, yeah? That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm there, man. We're going to do it. We're going to teach those guys a lesson. How dare they be number one? <laughs> um, anyway, my challenge was yes to see if I could get on a national radio station. Well, um, how, is, well uh, how is that a challenge? To f- you, you phoned up. I mean, you know, you hey, you, you're welcome, man. Who ch- who challenged you? Uh, my friend Jack, who is my co-host. Jack. Jack sounds like a crazy guy. Um, yeah. But it's not, mu- it's not much of a challenge, is it? Because it's a phone-in, um, it, it, it's a phone-in radio show that doesn't have that many callers, so... Well, yeah. I thought it'd be busier than this, to be quite no, 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 not at all. But, I mean, why, you could have got on LBC or something. Well, I was gonna do LBC, but it's a bit serious, even just listening to it. Oh, Yeah. No, although well, we did have Stephen Lawrence. You've, yeah. Well, oh, you've, 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 well, you've, you've done that challenge, and it wasn't really much of a challenge. How is it a challenge to phone up a, a phone-in show and get on the air? You know, that's that's you're you're, you're my bread and butter. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. I thought it might be funny. And how do you think it's gone? Not great so far. No, I was no. going to ask you something though. Yeah, you can ask me something. Did, were you on? Come Dine With Me with Lembit Opic. Yes, I was on Come Dine With Me with Lembit Opic. Um, uh-huh. um, that girl with the boobs, what was her name? <laughs> Jodie Marsh and right. Debbie McGee. Yes, I was. It was the worst week of my life. I hated it. Yeah, because when I did student radio, I met Lembit Opic. Uh, yeah, what, what did you think of him? Uh, he's a very strange man, isn't he? He's, um, he is a, a, a very strange man. He's a nice enough fella, but me and Lembit did not, um, we did not get on. No, that's what he told me. Oh, what did, oh, anyway, what did, what did, Le- what, what did Lembit say? I think, I think, and don't yeah. quote me on this, because, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's not going, no one will hear this, will they? No, no, no. Um, he said he hated you, I believe. What the heck? I've always been quite generous about Lembit. 
I know, what went on? I can't remember the episode. I thought he was an absolute plonker then. I, I, did, I didn't hate him. We, we just, you know, we, we kind of clashed over some stuff. It was a, part of it was a little bit of theatre for the telly. Mm. And part of it was that we, we disagreed, um, about quite a lot of stuff. Uh, really. I remember he was really angry that he got voted out and he was slagging off the people because he, he just stopped being an MP. And he was slagging off all the people that had voted him out. And I said, well, that's democracy, though, Lembit. They they obviously <laughs> thought that someone could do the job better than you. They'd had enough of you. And he said, well, those tossers, all those tossers. And he was doing all that. Mm. And he, he was really upset as well. The thing we had a row about on camera, I think, apart from desserts, was um, he was really upset that he didn't have any private life. And, that, you know, people knew all about his private life. And I said, well... Oh, right. I said, well, you're, you're on a program called Celebrity Come Dine With Me. You go out with pop stars, you go to red carpet events, and you take a few quid to promote stuff. Um, mm. No one knows who I'm married to. No one knows the names of my kids. No one knows anything about me because I don't do that stuff. It is possible to be in the public eye and to not, you know, for people not to know everything about you. Yeah, very true. He was always he was always at premieres and stuff and chasing. Um, anyway, that was that was that was a lifetime ago. I did it because it paid really really well. How much? Three Go grand. On. Three grand. <sighs> yeah, he, it's not bad, is it? What do you cook? Um, and here's the thing: they give you two hundred and fifty quid to spend on ingredients and stuff. Cash. <laughs> oh. I spent fifty quid on ingredients. Boom! That's another <laughs> two hundred quid that I declared. Um, uh, what did I cook? Oh, I don't know. Ch I, I cooked some Greek food, um, cheese pie, and, um, I don't, I don't know. It was, I didn't enjoy it. I don't, I, it was, it was an experiment to see if I would like doing, I haven't got an out time, by the way. It was an experiment to see if I would like doing, um, a celebrity reality show, and I didn't. I hated it. Hated it. So. <laughs> he didn't enjoy it either, if it makes any difference. Oh, he loved it. What is he talking about? He loved it. Yeah, he likes being on the telly. He, he loves all that stuff. Um, well, um, tell Jack to set you harder challenges. Yeah, I know, I will do, I will How's do. the show going? It's alright, um, it's difficult to break into it, stop making any money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. um, it's alright, good weeks, bad weeks, you know it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm at Last Chance Saloon, when this goes tits up, which it will do, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be coming to, um, to, to your station and, and having a Radio Bista. Radio Bi no, I'll be going to Bista FM. Oh. And and I'll be grassing you up for uh, chucking poo at the windows, and then I'll get <laughs> top. Uh, so, um, you know, yeah, it is tough to break into and make money out of it. I, you know, fair play, I'm doing all right. And I've had uh, when when did I start at LBC? Gosh, uh, twelve years. I've had twelve years of pretty much unbroken work in in radio. You know, with a few breaks here and there. But um, you know, I've been very lucky. And it's but you know, it, hopefully it'll work out for you, Tom. If that's what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, touch wood. All right. Good luck, mate. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Nice Cheers. one, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, I, hate, I hated doing that come diamond league. Oh, it was awful. Awful. My agent said, well, you know, you should do it. They kept asking me. They, there was about the fourth or fifth time they asked me. You should do it because you don't know where it will lead. Oh, man. Whenever an agent says, well, you don't know where it could lead, you go, no, yeah, I do. Everything has, uh, has led up to me doing come dine with me. That's where everything has led to me doing this awful thing. Spending a week with people that I didn't really get on with. You know, it was, I Still three grand, though, eh? Whoa. Whoa. Imagine. Imagine that. 
Right, another hour of this. Oh, coming up in the next hour, we've got Larry Kane, who um, went on tour with the Beatles, was a friend of the Beatles, and is an all-round, thoroughly decent bloke, and has got some really interesting stories to tell. And we found out we had one or two things uh, in common, which we um, we went off and uh, talked about. You can still call in, though, dear listener. Now would be an excellent time. 0844 499 1000. 0844 499 1000. Remember, we call you back. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. Another hour to go. Now would be an excellent time for you to uh, call up 0844 499 1000. 0844 499 1000. You can call about anything. We call you back. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio and this is the news at midnight. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here's a message from the Haters Club. Dedicated to the one I love I've been cursed by your wicked kiss Once felt it's forever missed Forever missed I'm a member of the Haters Club And I'm hating every minute of Me without you, you without me Give me some Give me some of that misery That misery 
So, um, the unexplained... 0844 is the uh, telephone number. So the unexplained, which I was rather excited about having. And I've got f- five sets of them to give away at some point. I don't quite know how we're going to do it. Um, but uh, I remember it, um, I don't know, being um, like better than this. Let me, again, the, the false memory syndrome, you see. It's the, um, the Mandela effect. Um, just like, um, I, I've got the theme tune to the littlest hobo wrong. Turns out, I I mean, (laughs) I've opened it. We're on, we're in volume seven pages. Um, if you want to read at home guys, 1,481. And this is encounters of the fourth kind. Now what the encounters of the first kind that's just seeing a spaceship, isn't it? Because the th- encounters of the third kind of the film, and that's when um, I don't know what the kinds are. They've got there are different t- kinds. The third one is when you meet an alien, isn't it? So then, what's the second? Is the second when an a- when a spaceship lands and you see it, but you don't see? Well, what's the fourth kind? Here we go. Four, uh, oh, in the scene. Um, in this scene, and they've got a picture from the film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In this scene from Steven Spielberg's film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the protagonist enters a spaceship surrounded by aliens who, although their only means of communication with human beings, appears to be the repeti- repetition of a tune of five notes. What's this? Why? This is not unexplained. This is a film synopsis. This is a spoiler. Um, they're obviously benevolent, despite its title... Ah, Spielberg got it wrong. Despite its title, Spielberg's film deals with what UFO experts have labelled close encounters of the fourth kind. Aha! Well, we've learnt something there, haven't we, guys? Those in which there is intelligent contact with aliens. And then then the story starts. On a wet and windy night in November 1980, Mario Luisi... Let's track this guy down. I bet they're dead. Was walking through sodden meadows by a river outside his home village of Burnside in the English Lake District. Oh, come on now. Focus. In the darkness, he saw what he took to be a cow. Then he thought it might be a crudely constructed sheep shelter. But then he saw that the object was hovering three three feet above the ground (laughs) and looked nothing so much as a distorted aeroplane. It was about the size of a helicopter and had what seemed to be a tailplane but no wings. It bore strange symbols, the like of which Luisi had never seen before. Now this, now, now I'm in. Now I'm in. Now, genuinely. I wonder if any of these pictures... um, here we go. There's a picture of it. Not a photograph, admittedly. Uh, left. Let's, let's carry on with the story before he gets it. As he stared at the weird object glinting in the beam of his lantern, he became aware of a squelching sound. That was him cacking himself. You can come in if you want, Catherine. You'll have to. Uh, you can come and come and sit in if you want. He realised that someone was approaching him. We need. Um, we need the appropriate. Uh, 
music for this. It's, it's very spooky. We need some music As he stared at the weird object glinting in the beam of his lantern, he became aware of a squelching sound. He realised that someone was approaching him across the soggy ground and turned the beam of the lantern in the direction of the sound. He saw two figures, apparently human, about six feet away, beside an old oak tree. They were wearing dark, skin-tight suits. They were perverts. Doggers. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the instant, one of them, apparently female, raised a small pencil-shaped object in her hand. A bright light <laughs> shot out from it, striking the face of Luisi's lantern. Laser pen. The glass front shattered, and as Luisi watched, the metal reflector became warped and twisted. Oh. The remainder of Mario Luisi's encounter took place by the light from a paper mill on the other side of the river. The fe I, I believe this dude. The female figure spoke to him, telling him that she and her companion meant no harm and had come to the earth in peace. Presumably, then, their attack was a defensive measure against what they'd taken to be a weapon. Luisi was told he must not reveal the strange symbols on the ship, nor those on the lapel badges worn by both figures. He could only stare, his legs shaking as the two beings, who were fair-skinned, that's all right then, entered their craft by means of a ladder that descended from it. Presently, the object shot upward, leaving a glow in the sky. The encounter left Mario Luisi with a memory that would change his outlook on life. For him, at least, there was no longer any doubt, no need to question whether the human race is alone in the universe. He knew that we are not. Right. Now, there's a... There's two pictures. Is he going to reveal the symbols that he's managed to memorise? There's two... He's not allowed to. They've told him he's not allowed to. Yeah. Oh, wait, 444-499-1000, by the way, if you're getting scared. Oh. Don't remember this bit. It's not the version I know, because now there's a car chase going on. <laughs> <laughs> there are two pictures. One is a photograph of his damaged um, torch, right. and one is an artist impression <laughs> of the aliens. Mm -hmm. Left, two aliens allegedly visited a Lake District village one stormy November night. Disturbed by Mario Luisi on a nighttime stroll, they apparently mistook his lamp for some kind of weapon and destroyed it with a ray gun. Luisi later produced the damaged lamp as evidence, but expert... Evidence he's dropped it. Expert analyses established the damage could have been done with an ordinary blowtorch. <laughs> On the other hand, there is no reason why an alien weapon should not have the same effect as a blowtorch. No. I'm going right. to show you his torch first before I show you the aliens because okay. I don't want to shock you. All right. Yeah, just do the slow reveal. So that's the, um, the, that's that's the torch. Definitely damaged, yeah. That's, that's a big old chunky torch. My dad used to have one of them yeah, for when we though. broke down. Now, are you ready for the aliens? No, but go on anyway. <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> oh, my. It's a couple of frogmen. Well, and a frog woman, apparently. Frogman and a frog woman. Yeah. Or two people in um, gimp masks. I mean, that is... That's... that's That uh, is proper terrifying. He's happened across a party, hasn't he? An outdoor party. They're... Mm, okay, now these all seem to be drawn by the same person. Mm. Okay, there, there are more pictures of aliens. Okay. 
I'm going to read them to you. Are the they all wearing rubber or just those two? Well, the, no, um, well, one, one's, um, you know that scene in E.T. Yeah. When he dresses up for Halloween. Yes. Right. How can I forget? Well, um, I don't need to see that page. <laughs> well, that's, that's him, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's Yoda. That's Yoda, someone Yoda in a Yoda, Yoda mask with a sheet with on. Princess Leia's dress on. Let's see who this is. This is, um, uh, um, when they found it, it's uh, it's uh, bullshine. It uh, is. Okay. Oh, oh, these are all connected, right? right so perhaps the strangest. This is the description of these pictures. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the strangest category of close encounter of the fourth kind is that known as Type C, where the witnesses are subject to loss of memory, memory following their experience. The Day family of Averley Essex underwent this after the events of one October night in 1974. How did they know? They were dr- well. You'll find out. They were driving home when they claimed they encountered a UFO that interfered with their car radio. <laughs> <laughs> so much, at least, they Put remembered afterwards. On. But when they arrived home, they found it was two hours later than they thought, oh. and it subsequently emerged under hypnosis. They believe they had been taken aboard a UFO by aliens and subjected to medical examinations. Oh. The probing. That's that one. Who's this... Um, Who oh, did that, layer or Yoda? Strange creatures <laughs> with pointed ears and webbed feet seen examining <laughs> chickens <laughs> on a Puerto Rican farm on yeah. the 3rd of the March 1980 were also observed near their spacecraft. Craft. Although their purpose is mystifying, the account of the event itself is straightforward. Um... I mean, fair play. Chickens that's, are fascinating. If I was going to cross uh, the universe, I w- oh, again, the rubber. Yeah. I suppose maybe rubber, is, it, it helps them when they're at um, warp speed. It, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, don't, don't know the science. No, you're probably right, actually. I'm being ridiculous. Of course it's more aerodynamic. Have I just spent £4.50 on... On, on a, f- a, a really rubbish fetish a, um, magazine. A bootful. A, a car bootful of this tosh i'm gonna try and um they may may well be dead i'm gonna try and track down who um who published the um the unexplained and i'm I'm gonna sue them (laughs) (laughs) oh here we go tell me one blueprint for a time machine i've gone to uh, the time loop section that's handy isn't it is it things that we've got here can we if time travel is principally possible in principle which it is how could it be achieved John Gribbin explains how super-dense neutron stars uh, could be the means by which one day space travellers will be able to journey into the past. Boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many? How big a box do we need? Um. Yeah, that's boring. And then yeah. there's a picture of Doctor Who. Put in a picture of of, of um, uh, Peter Davison as the Doctor. That's not evidence. That is. That's just space filling. <laughs> um. Here we go. Here we go. Go on. The Chanctonbury Ring. Oh, I've not heard of that ring. Where dark forces meet. Is is there a force in the earth that creates inexplicable phenomena? Whoa, 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 whoa. Music. What are you thinking? Um, Yeah. Or are the weird events, like those associated with Chanctonbury Ring, part of a little understood interaction between the landscape and the mind? Toy Newton examines the... Evidence. 
The second chapter of peculiar incidents associated with Chanctonbury Ring concerns the numerous UFO sightings that have occurred in the area. One such took place during the night of the 31st of October 1972 Halloween. at about 10.45pm. A Mr Simpson of Worthing was out walking with two friends at Chanctonbury. They saw a light flickering among the clump of trees and at first thought it must be a bonfire. As they drew closer, the light faded away. They were walking towards the centre of the ring when said Mr Simpson when said Mr Simpson they saw the strangest object we have ever seen. Oh. The silence of the night was broken by a loud noise above them as if something was brushing the treetops. Looking up, all three witnesses saw a dull red glow emanating from a large object above them. We were all frozen to spots, <laughs> Mr Simpson said. We could not believe what we were clearly seeing with our own eyes. The object was making no sound whatsoever, apart from the noise when it brushed against treetops. And although we watched it intently, we did not break from the cover of trees as we felt safer whilst we were under them. Why has he got my voice? Because, uh, well... Um, Don't answer that question. I've got a feeling all of these um, stories are going to be rubbish. These are all men on the way home from the pub, aren't they? What time yeah, was it again? 10.45. There we go. Chucking out time. Poltergeists, poltergeists... UFOs. Oh, do me a poltergeisty one. I'll, do, I'll tell you what, we'll have a little break and then we, uh, we'll do the poltergeisty one. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, we are trawling through the Unexplained magazine. It's got people very excited on Twitter. Um, Angelos, the regular caller to the show, I believe he's just performed the first night of his tour. In Luton, and where oh. I'm playing in a, in a few weeks, um, he's, he's performed his first night of his tour with Barry from Watford. Mm -hmm. Twitter is—it um, can be so cruel on Twitter, can't it? Uh, it can be so cruel to I'd, Angelos normally. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to read out what people are saying oh, about dear. his his show. I'm sure he tried very hard. He, I'm sure he gave it the best he could be bothered to give it. Mm, yeah. Um, anyway, talking about the alien abductions, he says I've had a Type C actually, and then he's written, "Yeah, that's right." Laugh away at us. Aliens wouldn't look twice at you. Well, Angelos, I refer you to the stories we had before. They were yep. into chickens yep. and measuring cows. So. Yep. So, so well, well done, Angelos. If you want to call in and tell us your um, your story, you can. Um, oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. The unexplained, but then it's got something that's explained. Oh, go on. It's got in the section mind over matter. There's a nice picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Does it say if you don't mind, it don't matter? No. Oh. It talks about meditation. Well, meditation is explained. <laughs> meditation has become increasingly popular in the West, and then it tells you how to do it. Well, that's that's ex that's explained. Spooky though. A lot about a lot about time hauntings the camera never lies well. lies massive scientific expertise has uh, vindicated billy mayer's spacecraft photographs according to supporters peter brooksmith pits these claims against the rather different conclusions of s skilled ufologists y you're telling me that's not a fake picture come on i mean that's two party plates stuck together really also, saying the camera never lies. This was before the ghost app that still national newspapers fall for. My camera never lies anymore because there's nothing worth lying for. My camera, my camera. Um, a spate of reports of strange phenomena centred on one location can quickly lead to a conclusion that a window area has been discovered. 
Jenny Randalls. What does that name ring a bell? Jenny Randalls. Rings a bell. Jenny Randalls describes some places notorious for paranormal happenings and shows how the legends develop. Perhaps the world's most famous window area is the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Now that is actually a proper mystery. Yeah. Ships, ships, and um, aircraft do go there. Do go down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Barry Manilow said that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, makes people disappear. Through the promotion of numerous writers, most notably Charles Berlitz, I've, I've read a Charles Berlitz book. It's become widely known. Uh, 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 and if fame alone were a guide to the truth, this part of the Atlantic Ocean would be of enormous importance. Unfortunately, it is not. See page 1,261. That's a different volume. She's just basically, in one paragraph, Jenny Randalls has just completely um, dismissed the Bermuda Triangle, which I think is a little bit... Um, there are a growing number of serious students of the paranormal who suspect that the Bermuda Triangle is a myth. The product of distortion, exaggeration, and plain disregard for the facts. Book by, books by Larry Cush and Paul Begg have cast considerable doubt on many of the classic cases on which the triangle legend rests. So one feels entitled to ask, is there any substance at all to the mystery? Oh. God, I've got... Oh, it's a picture of a dead man. Oh, there we go. why? Because um, he's a zombie. He's Oh, it's um, the corpse of Francois Duvalier. Who's that? Je ne sais pas. Uh, Papa Doc, dictator of Haiti for nearly 14 years. He was a Roman Catholic and also a practitioner of voodoo secrecy. <gasps> the fi- Oh, here we go. Right, go on. This section is actually called Zombies. Um, Angela says, I know all about chickens and cows. I got stuck up one. What? You got stuck up a cow? He says, the gig, gig in Luton was embarrassing. Um, please come and warm up, for, uh, open for us on Friday at the Pleasance. I can't do it, I'm afraid, guys. I can't. So you're going to the, the Pleasance on Friday to see those those guys. Um, I would have a... Take, take a, a pre-written letter demanding a refund. It just makes things easier. Mm-hmm. The fear of being raised from the grave as a zombie has afflicted Haiti's rulers and prosperous educated classes. But as Frank Smith explains... The zombies that witnesses have described. Ed, there's a phone call, may never have been truly dead. He's telling us zombies aren't real? They might just have been asleep. What the heck? The great difficulty facing any present-day inquirer into any aspect of Haitian life. It's weird it's pronounced Haiti, isn't it? Mm. Should be Haiti. I think in, yeah, I think in their own language it is. Well, but what do they know? Mm. Haiti. Haiti. Haiti, the love of my life. David Essex. Oh, is it? Yeah, Don't David Essex. It. But he he was, of course, singing Tahiti. Oh. Let's let's bring Dom, Dom into the conversation. Dom, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are we? I'm I'm very well, Dom. What have you got for us? Right. Um, huh? I was listening to this podcast today, and oh. you were saying about you were thinking you wanted to do a month on month off. Yeah, that, that would be the dream. So I mean, it's weird. I'm I'm look- actually looking at a dead man in a coffin while you're talking to me. Oh, sorry, I've had it on mute because I've not actually heard what you said the last five minutes. It doesn't matter. I'm looking at a dead man in a coffin. I don't know him. It's it's um, uh, um, the dictator of Haiti, so... Um, oh, Haiti. Haiti. I'm not emotionally oh, attached uh, to it. Oh, he's got a funny name. Um, Papa Doc. Papa Bounce, fella. Yeah. Smurf, yeah. Sorry to divert and do that thing you were no, doing. No, d- don't do it. It's good, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> when you're saying about taking a month, a month on, month off... Yeah. I don't think that would work, but what I was thinking... It would work for me. Well, it would work for you, yeah, <laughs> but... No, you'd, you'd be all discombobulated, you'd be 
two days in and you'd be wanting to come back, and then two days back when you're back and you'd be yeah. wanting to be out. Yeah. Why don't? Because you know you're on five. Um, you're on five nights or four nights. You're on five nights now, five aren't nights. you? Five nights. Yours, the most you ever did before was four nights. So why don't you do something like one night a week? No, I did five nights a week. It's six days yeah. at one point. I did five nights a week. I did six days. Oh, no. I did seven. I did um, seven shows in six days up until fairly recently. I'm a machine. Oh, I'm a broadcasting machine. He just keeps pumping it out. I'm like, yeah, I know. I apologise <laughs> about that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually seeing the doctor tomorrow, and he, he thinks it, he can give me a pill or put a cork in it. Um, <laughs> but you're saying four off, four, four, four days a week, and then three off. No, 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 no. No, huh? no what I'm saying is, stay as you are. Go in every night that you go in now, but on one night a week, you have a guest presenter who comes in and does the show for you, and you're just there as the the foil to. Oh, I'd find that really stressful. I'd find it really stressful. Who would you, who would you suggest we we have? Right. Well, randomly, you could do every now and again. You could do a listener, which would be risky salary. But if it goes, I'd have to work. Up, if if I was, you could, go, you could step in. No, exactly. But if I if we were going to on, on a serious note, if we were going to have a, a listener present it, I'd have to work three times as hard, and Kath would, would have to work twice as hard. To, um, yeah, but the idea is that he has a more guy. restful life. Yeah, that's making my life harder. <laughs> okay. No, that wouldn't work. The other one be like, one night after James Buckley come in, because you know he listens, and he's Oh, a, yeah, James is guy. coming in. James is coming in. And I was we were having a little textual um, uh, conversation the other night. James is going to come in at some point, and he knows he has an open invitation. I think he might be a bit busy at the moment, but he's, um, yeah, he's definitely coming in at some point. That, that's happening. We've got Scroobius Pip guy. coming in for an hour next week, which oh. I'm very excited about. Yeah, I'm working through his podcast right now. I'm on the uh, Gail Porter one, or the, the uh, two-part Gail Porter when you yeah, need to get they're her good, on aren't well. they? They're really good. I've, re- I've read really? the book. The book is, which is, is uh, extracts from it, is, is, is brilliant. I need to check out his, his, um, his podcast, and that's that's my project. Tom, I've got to move on, because we're going to, um, we've got to do a little bit of show maths. A little bit of maths, man. But thank you, Dom. But I, yeah, if, if a listener was to come in and... Um, Whenever anyone comes in, I have to work harder anyway. And if someone was going to present the show, and I would, um, I would be here as their foil. I, I'd end up doing more work, and I, to, to make them sound good. Um, but thank you, Dom. Um, I'm not going to give out the phone number. I'm going to go to this break. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, is the next is the next break just a trail? Okay, right. Um, let's go back to Ch- Chunktonbury Ring. Oh yeah, the flaming ring. Another all night vigil was led by Charles Walker, who's made an extensive study of Chunktonbury Ring. <laughs> oh come on, Catherine! Please. No, go on. I'm just I'm nervous. Um, on the 25th of August, 1974, I was a year old. He and three other members of the Ghost and Psychic Investigation Group, pig, that's not a word, you're supposed to make a word, were walking inside the ring of trees at approximately 11pm, when one member, William Lincoln, wow, this comes from nowhere, what does William Lincoln look like, is there a picture of him? No, no picture of William. When one member, William Lincoln, was levitated, by a force that took him some five feet into the air, where he hung suspended for about 60 seconds before being released and crashing back to the ground. Gosh. Jeez. 
during this terrifying experience he was pleading with the unseen force and crying no more no more lincoln's back was hurt when the brief period of levitation ceased and he was so badly shaken he felt unable to talk about the happening afterwards if you were suddenly levitated wouldn't you go way <laughs> beyond refusing uh, to go back to the chanctonbury ever again the whole episode was witnessed by other members of the group charles walker david wills and richard walker did any of them draw a picture no that pic those pictures do not exist chances in september 1979 charles walker of the walker brothers okay. returned to make a further investigation this time with dave stringer dave wills and paul glover as they were approaching the spot where lincoln had been levitated and where the others had experienced paralysis of their limbs oh did we mention that before well, I've, I've skipped out right. quite a lot go on dave wills was suddenly knocked down to the ground by an invisible force fell over while charles and paul were endeavoring to calm him Dave Stringer was looking for the crucifix he always wore around his neck attached to a chain, and which he'd missed at the same time Wills was knocked down. After searching for a few minutes, Dave Stringer saw the crucifix on the ground. When he picked it up, it was burning hot, <gasps> as if it had been placed in an open fire. He also noticed that the link fixing it to the chain around his neck had been twisted and broken as if it had been wrenched off, yet none of the others had been close to him at the time. So, something very peculiar seems to be at work in the ring <laughs> come on where is this ring shanktonbury should we go and investigate it i'm tempted to yeah um let me i can do because i've been on periscope let's let's put in shanktonbury into me um google maps could be could be an interesting afternoon uh, let's see um shanktonbury ring so a little searchington um let's see <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, that's spooky. I know. You don't normally sneeze. I sneeze a lot. Chanctonbury Ring. Can't f oh, Chanctonbury Ring. Here we go. It's only 44 miles away from here. We could do it. We do it's it now. In, it's in Pulborough. Where's that? Oh, no. By the A283, anyone know? Um, Ashurst. It's Kent, isn't it? Horsham. Crawley. I'm really... Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's near Worthing. It's near Worthing. Oh. It's near Worthing. We're, we're, we're going. We're totally going totally going to let's go to chanctonbury ring let's go and probe the ring man let's do i tell you what this is what we're gonna do yes is um i'm gonna research all of these yeah and we're gonna find stories and we're gonna go and investigate them yes 35 years later on yeah. that's what we're gonna do yeah, yeah, chanctonbury yeah. ring is the first do one we have to recreate the, the moment because we'll have to be there you're gonna long. levitate yeah what, what, what noise are you gonna make <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're gonna do begging no more no more that's what you want you're a paranormal investigator no more no and paranormal what investigator i thought you said uh, masturbator <laughs> that's... Uh, oh no don't don't worry about that don't worry about that because we're, we're out of time <laughs> um <laughs> paranormal masturbator ectoplasm isn't it ectospathum um well we finally we found we found the level we found our niche we found our niche we'll go to the chanctonbury ring yeah go on let's do um uh oh angelos i will be the guest presenter thank you very much I've, i said he can do it actually because um it'll make me look good mm. um yes unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation make contact with ian lee late night ian lee on talk radio we'll get you talking here's something and we'll go through we'll, we'll dip in and out of these unexplained and we will go and um recreate 
some of the investigations. I'm happy to go to Chanctonbury Ring. Um, if if um, if if one of us is going to levitate, man, then bring it on. I hope they don't ruin my crucifix, though. And I, uh, that, that would be just that would be uh, very disappointing. But here's something: that all that talk of um, you can turn my uh, thing off because all um, all that talk of spooky um, goings on enough made me hungry. Isn't that weird. Isn't that weird. And Kath sneezed. Isn't it? Just make, just makes you. Um, it just makes you think. I am. I'm going to look through here and find the, the 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 ones that we can go and have a little look at and um, waste a load of petrol <laughs> driving around all over the shop. Anyway, um, listen. There is a new Beatles film out eight days a week. The touring years. Um, there are some. There are some genuinely brilliant bits. It's out today. If you can go and see it on a double bill with um, live at Shea Stadium, I would thoroughly recommend that. Uh, one of the people that's in the film is a gentleman called Larry Kane, who is um, like a journalist and a broadcaster in the United States. And he was lucky enough to be handpicked to, um, just because he wrote Brian Epstein a letter, to go on tour with the Beatles. Absolutely delightful gentleman, and I was lucky enough to speak to him earlier on today. Hey, Larry, can you hear me? I can hear you, and how are you? I'm very, very well, man. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. I've, I've, I've seen um, the, uh, the Beatles movie. I'm a huge Beatles nut, so I was kind of aware of your, your presence um, in their career. C- c- tell me the story of how you got to, um, well, hang out with the Beatles. Well, it was actually by accident, because I was the news director of a station in Miami that, that was a rock and roll station that had a four or five man, depending on the on the time, news department. And I say man because we women were rarely hired uh, in that day. And uh, at the time, um, I was just the voice, the news voice of the station. And I wrote a letter to Brian Epstein asking him for an interview in Jacksonville, which is the closest place they were coming to Miami on their big summer tour. Yeah. And I got back a letter, a letter and a bill. Uh, the letter was uh, showed me the 25 cities. Actually, it was 24 because uh, Kansas City was added at the last minute. And in 35 days and about 32 concerts with double concerts in several cities. And for the sum of $3,000 to cover the airplane, the hotels, and the, 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 all the incendiary stuff, the uh, periphery stuff, I mean, not incendiary, although it was quite incendiary. Uh, and uh, it was interesting. Use of words, and and basically, uh, I looked at it and I went to my bosses and said, "Well, we have to take advantage of this. We can syndicate it across the country, but I don't want to go. Uh, the war in Vietnam is spreading and escalating quickly. Racial tensions are uh, developing across the country. Civil rights revolution in Miami, where I worked." Thousands of Cuban refugees were coming over every week, some of them braving their lives to get out of Castro's Cuba. Uh, the, the world was changing in the aftermath of the president, president's assassination, mm-hmm. President Kennedy's assassination. I mean, it was a big news year. Ford Mustang was released. Uh, this was, 60, was it 60, 64, wasn't it? 1964. 64, yeah. And I said, and this is exactly what I said to them, and I say it in the movie, too. Uh, why would I, a news person, want to travel with the band, especially one that will probably be here in October and gone in December. And uh, that, as you know, uh, Ian, was a very, very bright move on my part. And it turns out that uh, I eventually did travel with them. It was a tough summer. My mother died. 
which became a subject on the on the plane with with Paul and John, wow. who yeah, consoled me with their own deaths of their mothers in their yeah. teenage years. And uh, I didn't know what I was in for. My father pulled me aside, and he was a tough World War II veteran. He said, "Watch your back, Larry." They are a menace to society. <laughs> and then, by the way, for every adult in the country, when people think back now, yeah. and, you know, people hear that, and I say that, and they say, well, are you crazy? Why would they be a menace to society? But the long hair yeah. and the whole concept of uh, their being was very threatening to adults. And as you know, as we know, as a father and a grandfather, I can tell you that I, I don't always understand my kids' music. No. And, and, you're, you know, and you're not meant we're not meant to as dads and, and, and grandparents we're not meant to understand our kids no, music so it's I their figured, music yeah but then i, I like their music a lot mm. but i just didn't want to travel with the band anyway they eventually talked me into it my mother who died a few months later just before the tour uh basically said travel with them it's going to be the biggest thing that ever happened in your career and eventually it put me on the map in american radio and i was hired in philadelphia where i learned and discovered a tv station there and worked, became a 41-year veteran of Philadelphia television as an anchorman. So it, it really worked out. The Beatles sort of shaped my life. Anyway, I went on tour with them. It was a rough meeting with the Beatles at first. Yeah. Uh, I, I met uh, Ringo, who was delightful and very, very intellectually curious, uh, much different than the, uh, the sight of the uh, guy on the drums, uh, yeah, being the drums. Uh, George Harrison, who... Uh, was not necessarily quiet, Beatles, just soft-spoken. You know, there's a big difference when you're 20 and you're 21. Uh, just like when you're 15 in high school and the guy who's 17 is mm. much more mature than you are. Mm. You know, and uh, he was he talked about the world and especially about starvation and hunger. And uh, then I met uh, 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 Ringo, who is very intellectually curious, extremely intellectually curious, which really surprised me. And and then uh, Paul, who never met a microphone or an audience he didn't love. And, <laughs> That's such and, a great turn of and, phrase, and, yeah. And it's really a tr it's yeah. very true. He loved entertaining. He yeah. loved it. And still does today, as you can see by the three-hour concerts mm. he delivers around the world. And then John Lennon, and that was the biggest culture shock for me. Uh, he looked the up and down from my shoes to my head, and he said, Who are you? What planet did you come from? Wow. Uh, he said, uh, you look like a round peg in a square hole, and um, uh, you, frankly, my friend, you are you look like a nerd from the 1950s. So I said, you look like a slob from the 1960s. Beautiful. And it was a beautiful beginning to a 16-year friendship. And But something magic happened that day, and yeah. it continued. I asked him serious questions. And unlike when you went to the news conferences in each town, I could tell you exactly what the questions would yeah, be. Yeah, of course. Was what, what did you eat for breakfast? Yeah. Do you wash your hair? Is the hair real? Do you, do you shower every day? Mm. What kind of a woman do you like? What kind of a hemline do you like? What kind of a figure do you like? And it was all uh, adults asking uh, pretty superficial questions and being very condescending and not really admiring them and thinking they were what I thought they would be, a flash in the pan, you know, the go, going the way of the hula hoop or the yo-yo. And uh, so all of a sudden I realized that there were four human beings with feelings, and sure enough, on just the second location of the trip, I found out how serious they were because I had found discovered from my bosses in Miami that the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville was going to be segregated. Mm. And they went up to the man, and I can't use the language on the radio or anywhere else, 
about what they said. We are not going to play in that stadium if anybody can sit next to someone else because their skin is is darker than another person's. And they they stuck to it. Uh, Nineteen days later, they played the September 11th concert in the end of a hurricane in Jacksonville, and the hurricane that swirled around there, their defiance ended and the place was desegregated and integrated for the first time and sure enough ron howard who's the master of this movie and his amazing crew was able to find a young woman uh, who was a young woman who still looks pretty young today kitty oliver and she was in that concert sitting for the first time in her life with white people and talking to them and she described how this felt to her the wholeness of it and today she's an historian and she's a very very integral part of this movie so the movie is uh, as you probably know pretty sensational and it's uh brings the one thing it did when i first saw the first take back in april my wife and i went to a screening room in new york and uh, what we saw was a uh, a movie that um, took you there, mm. and it took me back. I started getting chills watching it. I can imagine what it's going to do to people in their 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, mm. who don't know really know what started it. How did you, did you like the movie? Yeah, I did enjoy the movie. I, I, it was What was really exciting was I'd never heard that story you told about Jacksonville before, and um, which was obviously a huge thing in the United States. I loved all of the, the footage that has, you know, has been recently discovered. And it's amazing that 52, 53 years later, footage is still turning up and bits and pieces are still turning up under people's beds and in their attics. And well, stuff. Hey, what's really amazing, though is that despite my tremendous lack of vision in the spring of 1964, that uh, a week and a half into it, they've got this soundbite of me describing this as one of the greatest cultural uh, transitions and shifts in the history of mankind, maybe for this century or maybe forever. And if you look back at the Beatles, and, and, and this is really a fact of life, the Beatles in 1964, 1968, or 1970, when they split up, never realized who they were. They never knew that they were going to become the iconic Beatles that we would be talking about here in 2016. Mm. That produced a body of music that uh, is that nobody is quite equal or may ever equal uh, in terms of its diversity, in terms of its mood, in terms of its terms of its 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 basic message to people about the world so uh the beatles as uh as we know them are now the iconic legendary very special people how old were you larry when you when you 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 got the gig to go on the tour and am i right in thinking as well you were the only u.s journalist to go on every single day of the tour 21 years old wow i'd been in my radio since i was 15 i was one of those people who walked into a studio and said "I, i gotta do that yeah and I'd been on the air for about three or four years, including a stint in St. Louis. And I um, was very, very experienced at that time. I thought I was very good. Uh, in fact, when I heard myself on the air, then I thought it was the greatest, you know, the feeling. And and then all of a sudden I realized I was just kind of ordinary. Mm-hmm. And television was really what brought me to my fore. And I didn't have a, really a face for television, but it worked out. And uh, the news part of me came in. But the Beatles were, uh, I mean, those four guys were so different. 
they were so mature for their ages, the things they did, consoling me about my mother's death on the plane, uh, walking up every night, just about every night to the front of the plane to uh, make sure that the opening acts who were booed off the stage were uh, were doing okay, that they weren't upset and, 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 and past looking in the past vision. Uh, the Righteous Brothers actually left the tour in Atlantic City, and they were big stars mm. at the time. And they were replaced by Clarence Frogman Henry. So basically, uh, the the Beatles left an imprint, certainly on me. And uh, as soon as the first tour was over, I couldn't wait to go to the second tour. But in between, I was invited to the Bahamas to watch them. Uh, <laughs> shoot do the help. Movie. Shoot, shoot help. Help. I love the way you so casually dropped in. Oh, they invited me to the Bahamas to shoot the movie. And you did, it's interesting you mentioned um, them consoling you about your mum. Because have I got this right? Your mum, she had MS, didn't she? Multiple sclerosis. Yeah, because my mum's got multiple sclerosis. And I was interested to read. Um, and she, you know, it, it's, it's devastated my mum's life. You know, she's completely dependent on on, on carers to, to look after her. Um, uh, the, you've done a lot of work um, to raise funds and awareness for MS in the States, haven't you? Well, I was a member for 45 years of the uh, MS Society of uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Jersey, New mm. Jersey, and I'm still an uh, emeritus member, and I still contribute and help them out when I can publicly. Uh, it's a, it's very, very challenging. How's your mom doing? She's not. Do you know what? Uh, she's not doing brilliantly. She's she's had to go in a care home because I mean she's got she's got it terribly. She's physically she's you know she's she can't do anything on her own. Um, and it's also affected her kind of memory and her mind, and um, she's very forgetful. She phones me up asking when I'm going to pick her up and it, where her car is and things like that. Um, so we, ha my sister and I had to make the decision that to move her into a care home to where she'd be safe, and it was heartbreaking, but it's the best thing. You know, she's safe, and she is looked after, well, and she's in a clean, healthy environment, you know. Well, my mom was uh, 40 when she passed away. Wow. And they knew nothing about it. In fact... They told us to move to warmer climates, and anybody who knew, who has anybody with yeah. MS, and by the way, everybody who's listening knows someone yeah. with it, yeah. uh, will tell you that heat is no no great uh, weapon against MS. Oh, no, uh, yeah, that's if, if it's a hot. I mean, today we're having a ridiculously hot weather over here, and I know that you know I can't even speak to mum because it, it just they melt. People yeah. melt when they've got it. When did um? Because I hope you don't mind me sidetracking for a bit. When when did kind of the MS awareness? start to take shape in the states well she had um, she, the ms awareness in the 50s was just the formation of the national ms society mm. about 1953 in fact to get her diagnosed in 1951 they had to go to a doctor in rochester because no one knew about it and the, then the awareness began in earnest in the 1960s and uh, nowadays, of course, they have modern medicines. They, they're they soon going to be replacing the shots with pills. Mm. Uh, and uh, th there's a big battle. There's always a battle going on about whether to, uh, whether you, what do you accent, research or care? Mm. And you really have to accent both because people are still living with it. But you also have to spend money for research to try to figure out what, what this menace came from and uh it's it's a bit it's it's the battle here in britain and it's a battle in the united it's states it's a vicious disease it's a, it's a it's a vicious disease and it's it's an, one of those unpredictable ones as well where you know you can have it for for uh for years and and be okay and get on with your life or it can many people live a, many people live a full life yeah and they work 
And uh, the, the biggest issue in the last that we've conquered in America is that because the American Disabilities Act, uh, people aren't uh, uh, prejudiced against to, to lose their jobs. Yeah. And uh, it's because you know, in all these, uh, these um, immune disease deficiencies, uh, being active is very important. It sounds like uh, it's easy to do. It's not easy to do. But being as active as you yeah. can does help. But the Beatles were, uh, they were pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You became friends with, with, with Lennon, didn't you? I, I've just looked on, on YouTube because I read about this before and I hadn't seen it before. The brilliant footage of John Lennon in the 70s coming in and doing your weather report. Well, I'll tell you how it came that about. That is just uh, fantastic. There was a salesman for the station who knew some people in New York and I called John. And we had, every year we had a thing called the Helping Hand Marathon where we raised money for community charities and one of them was MS. So he remembered. And he came down on the train all by himself with a little tiny gym bag. I don't know what was in that gym bag. I have an idea. I think we can guess, yes. I have I an idea uh, that it wasn't clothing. And uh, he 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 came in. I toured, gave him a tour of the Liberty Bell and said, you know, this was a symbol of our freedom from you. And uh, we had a good laugh about that and took him around the town. And uh, he was kind of excited that people recognized who I was. And uh, he came to the station. He, 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 uh, uh, he put his socks up for sale. There was an auction on his socks, his, his dirty socks. Imagine how much they're worth now. I'm sure they're worth a fortune. Yeah. They're red, white, and blue socks. And he, he also uh, uh, went on the radio. And that night, the Friday night, he was there for three days. And I want to tell you something really weird. Uh, but first, I want to just pass on what he did. Yeah. He said, I want to... Uh, I want to go on the air with you on your on your newscast. I said, it's pretty rough putting you between the latest political story and murder. And uh, he said, I want to go on. I said, I'll tell you what, the weatherman's sick. Just do the weather tonight. Brilliant. So he did it. It's on. It's on all over YouTube. Yeah. And it was one of the the weirdest moments in the history of Channel Six News in Philadelphia, and one of the funniest moments. And it brought thousands of people, maybe eighteen thousand people, wow. down to the intersection of City City Avenue and Monument in Philadelphia. And it was uh, just a moment to remember. And people still have pictures of it. But I wanted to tell you about something interesting. The mayor at the time was a tough guy named Frank Rizzo, and he was uh, the former police commissioner. And he sent the stakeout squad, which is the SWAT team, into roofs above the building of the par of the parking lot. And I called him up and I said, why are you doing that? And he said, very nonchalantly, a man like Lennon, he could get shot. Wow. Wow. So it was a precursor of something that would that. happen five years later. And uh, it was a, um, you know, it was a fascinating time. I've kept in touch with the guys. So there was today at Abbey Road Studios yeah. doing a series of interviews and uh, saw Ringo and Paul together and um, Ringo, I said to Ringo, you look better than I do. He says, <laughs> I absolutely do, Larry. I absolutely do. And he says, you see everybody? We still kid, kid him and joke with him 52 years later. And uh, so uh, it's a big night tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, the premiere in, uh, in oh. London and uh, the movie. I'm glad you got to see oh, it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. You know, I'm a huge big fan. And you're, you're still working, aren't you, Larry? You're still, you're st is it a radio show you're doing now? Are you still on TV? I did a TV show uh, after I stopped anchoring uh, called Voice of Reason, mm. uh, which I think I was. I'm not sure. Some people might, might have thought so. Mainly a political show. 
Uh, then I stopped doing that about three or four years ago. And uh, right now I'm doing a political analysis, especially in this crazy election we're having yeah, well. uh, for CBS, <laughs> CBS Radio in Philadelphia. And uh, I'm also a consultant to NBC Sports. So I work with people who are on the air and management in dealing with the on-air people and uh, helping them develop their careers. So it's been pretty busy, and then uh, this came along, and I've done maybe a couple of hundred interviews. And uh, this movie was something that really shocked me, because when we saw it, uh, I didn't believe how much I was in the movie. I just was surprised. Yeah, oh, it's 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 you're kind of a central narrative, Larry. It, it's such a pleasure and such a thrill to talk to you. And and you know, as uh, I'm a massive Beatles geek, so to speak to someone who was there and you know saw so much happen firsthand, and also you know because of the connection with the MS, I really appreciate your time, Larry. And I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy the premiere, and I hope that you know you go on to many more successes. And best wishes to your mom. Thank you, mate. Talk radio. Listen. Phone. Talk. Talk radio. We'll get you talking.